Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. On this week's Boxing Esquire Podcast, I have my good friend Scott Schaefer on to talk about uh, what's going to happen in 2018. We recorded this uh, last week. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to edit this until the weekend, so uh, we didn't really mention uh, uh, the great fight on Saturday with Errol Spence and uh, Lamont Peterson. Uh, also, um, obviously, Garcia and Lipinets has been remade since we did the podcast, but otherwise, a great podcast. We got into a lot of really interesting subjects, including uh, PBC and HBO and, and covered all the major divisions and, and what big fights we expect to happen in 2018. So uh, enjoy. So my guest today is Scott Schaefer. Um, I've known Scott for over 20 years. We, uh, we started out in law together at an insurance company and uh, couldn't stop talking boxing at that point in time. But uh, he's now uh, currently a litigation partner at Olshan Froman Walaski as well as a longtime senior writer for Boxing Talk, Greg Leone's uh, website. He's represented major promoters in the business, such as uh, DeBella Entertainment, Sourland Promotions, Gary Shaw, and he's, he's represented world champions, Ricky Hatton, Corey Spinks, to name a few. Just want to welcome to the Boxing Esquire podcast, Scott Schaefer. Thanks, Kurt, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I have known Kurt for 20 years, and uh, as a matter of fact, at our first job together, uh, he actually got me fired by... <laughs> By distracting me from uh, from our work with uh, all the boxing talk. And, yeah, uh, it was all my fault. All my fault. <laughs> Absolutely. Luckily, it worked out okay, and we stayed friends. <laughs> so, uh, hey, before we, uh, you know, the podcast today, we're going to uh, look ahead to 2018 and, and all that it has in store in, in boxing. But uh, before I get to that, I just wanted to ask, Scott, if uh, how'd you get interested in the sport? Well, um, I always had a passing interest in, in, in sports in the 70s and 80s in boxing, uh, you know, the Ali fights, just really the big fights. Uh, what really flicked the switch for me was uh, 1990 uh, when Buster Douglas uh, upset Mike Tyson. That just, something just flicked the switch inside me and 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 turned me from a, a casual fan into, into a hardcore fan. I mean, uh, I had just, um, I grew up in Staten Island, New York, and we didn't have cable television uh, until the late '80s. And uh, I had just gotten it. Uh, I had just gotten HBO that the month of that fight. And um, you know, the first couple of months uh, on HBO, the fights were uh, the rebroadcast of Tyson Douglas, uh, Douglas Tyson, and then the next month was Julio Cesar Chavez versus Meldrick nice. Taylor one. And uh, after you watch those two fights, I was <laughs> I was hooked for life. Um, then I just started buying boxing magazines and just devouring everything I could about the sport. Wow, talk about great years in boxing, 1990. Because uh, I remember uh, a few months after that, uh, Michael Nunn fought the welterweight champ, uh, Marlon Starling. And it wasn't a great fight, but still, it was like bang, bang, bang. You had like three uh, really top-level fights in a row. So speaking of years in boxing, let's look ahead to uh, 2018. Um, obviously, what we want to see is if it can match or uh, surpass 2017 is a year for great fights. Um, I guess we'll, we'll we'll start at the top uh, regarding super fights. Um, heavyweights, I guess we'll have a clearer picture of the heavyweights by the end of March. Uh, we've got the kind of a final four going on in March, March Madness for the heavyweights. Um, you've got Anthony Joshua and um, Joseph Parker at the end of the month with, um, oh, by the way, Alexander Povetkin apparently on the undercard, which is great. 
Um, and in short order in Brooklyn, we're going to have Deontay Wilder, WBC champ against uh, Lewis, uh, high blood pressure Ortiz. Um, you know, Joshua was saying that, that Wilder can get some next, like if they both win. You know, does that make good business sense, you think? Do you think it's going to happen in the summer? I mean, how would you say? Uh, well, first of all, f- first of all, I, I'd say this is the first year in a long time where going into the year, the heavyweight division is really, to, to me, the most exciting division. Uh, not to say the fights are going to turn out that way, but I'm optimistic that, you know, finally we've got a number of storylines, uh, a number of fighters, uh, a number of matchups that you can look forward to without being so sure who's going to win. Um, I'm, you know, while I certainly, um, I consider myself a fan of Joshua and I, I, I take him at his word. I'm not so convinced that uh, Joshua Wilder is, is really um, is really a short term play. Um, you just mentioned Alexander Povetkin um, uh, being added to his undercard. He's fighting uh, David Price, who's a former Olympic bronze medalist, who I thought was going to go on and do great things in the pros, and really hasn't done so yet. But it's it's uh, it's an okay fight. Um, Price is six foot eight and has a ton of There's power. A little danger in it, yeah. Um, but but to me, you know, the the interesting thing here is is really the chess match that uh, Eddie Hearn is playing um, with Al Heyman and, and Deontay Wilder. I think Povetkin um, being added to the to the show to me signals that he might be next for Joshua. Uh, I I believe. I mean, you you can never tell with the WBA, but it, he appears to be the WBA mandatory contender. Uh, the WBA mandate, uh, Joshua holds the IBF and WBA titles, uh, and I believe the WBA mandatory is next in line. Um, well, but I mean, I think Joshua is the super champ, right? I think Im- just as importantly, or, you know, even more importantly, you know, he's fighting Parker, right? Parker's the WBO champ, and I think Povetkin just became the WBO mandatory. And I think with those, with those WBA uh, super championships they've pretty much done away with the mandatories but still i i think um with the wbo mandatory i mean what was it parker fought fury last year right so it's probably due in a year so yeah i mean listen like you said i mean hearns hearns like you know it, it's, it's he's dealing right now it's it, dealing. It, it's it's really hard to predict you know how the wba or any sanctioning body is going to rule or try to enforce its mandatory defenses i sometimes think that you know Whoever gets the WBA leadership in a room, in a in, in a hotel or a back room, last will get the fight they want. Um, you, you never know. Um, but but to me, you know, the 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 tell is that Matchroom reached out to Povetkin and put him on their card. I mean, that I, I don't think they're doing that because they need Alexander Povetkin to sell tickets. Right, right. I think right. that'll be a sellout anyway. Um, Absolutely. And so. Uh, to me, I, I would not be shocked to see, um, um, you know, Joshua fight um, Joshua fight Parker. Uh, if he's successful, then then fight Povetkin in the summer, and then we'll see what we have for November. But uh, you know, getting back to this chess game that Eddie Hearn's playing, you know, Deontay Wilder uh, holds the WBC belt, and the mandatory there is another matchroom fighter, Dillian, Dillian White. White. Right. And um, you know, all these moves. Uh, Povetkin on the undercard, Dillian White is the mandatory. Um, you know, you've, you've got Tyson Fury's looking to come back in in April, and that's going to be very interesting uh, to have him back in the mix. April or May? April or May? <laughs> it depends how the weight loss goes. But um, you know, it, it seems to me like Hearn is is playing a chess match of of 
trying to take away all of Deontay Wilder's other options. So he has to accept a real, uh, not really, but a, a relatively bad deal to go to England and, and fight Joshua. That's that's kind of where, where I see 2018 playing out. And if Tyson Fury can come back and he's probably physically not going to look good because the reports are he's you know well over 300 pounds, but it, it, at least put on a decent performance and entertain, which I'm sure he'll do. Um, you know that that's that's even that's even uh, less of a reason for Hearn and uh, Hearn to really look to put Joshua in with Wilder because you know everybody badmouths Wilder, but with that kind of power, he is a real risk to Joshua. Oh, absolutely, and and to me too. I mean, you saw in the first fight with Stavur. I mean, I think his his boxing skills are a little underrated. I mean, you know. Joshua, you know, chasing down a quick and powerful uh, guy who he's given away like two, three inches to, um, you know, it, it could, you know, like I said, it, it could end in a blowout. You know, Joshua could walk right through him because, you know, you, tremendous questions about Deontay Wilder's chin, right? Ever since David Vetter put him on his ass, it's kind of like, you absolutely. Know. <laughs> so it could be a blowout. And like Joshua doesn't exactly have, you know, the chin of steel either. Um, or, you know, it could cl- play out like Klitschko Joshua did, you know, just uh, rock'em sock'em robots, which would be great. But uh, but I think you're right. I mean, I think the heavyweight landscape for 2018 might be the most interesting of, of all the divisions because you've got the final four playing out early in the year. Then you've got, you know, Eddie Hearn moving the chess pieces on the right, board. Right. and uh, Dillian White's going to be fighting Lucas Brown. That's a, yeah, that, that's a, that's, that's a, that's that's a, a fight that's going to produce a legitimate right, contender. Right, right, exactly. That would definitely give it, D- Dillian White a higher profile and more legitimacy. Um, so, yeah, exciting. I, I, in all honesty, though, I think, you know, the, the Super Bowl, the heavyweights, Joshua Wilder, should they, should they be victorious? I don't think it's going to happen in 2018. I think it's going to bleed to 2019. I don't see Joshua taking three really difficult fights in one year seems like all, all the top fighters in the sport are, are kind of uh you know they're they're fighting twice a year you know it's very rare that they take three fights and certainly taking three tough fights i mean even even uh with golovkin who seemed to be the only guy who was really doing it um when when you know the fight with billy joe saunders was there he could have it in kazakhstan after that tough fight with Jacobs, it's kind of like, eh, you know what? I'll pass on this. I'll wait for Canelo. Well, I, I Kurt, I, I, I think that Joshua will fight three times in 2018. Just, just a guess. Um, you know, he's getting this one out of the way pretty early. Um, what, what's the date for that fight? Um, the, the, the date for Joshua, it, it's the 31st, I think, tentatively of March. And uh, you know, I, I could see him wanting to do a summer, uh, a summer fight outdoor in England, where, where they can, you know be reasonably assured that um uh, that they have good weather and, and can fill up a 70 or 90,000 seat stadium um and then and then fighting again in the fall to, i mean so maybe, maybe he does maybe he does like Pulev then gets his IBF out of the way sure um yeah. I, again i think um I'd be surprised if it's wilder though it, it has three really tough fights in one if he does it i mean you know, I, I'm, I genuflect in his general direction. Right. You know, I, I, it'd be great if he well, got those three. Well, let's talk about Wilder and Ortiz. What do you think about that fight? You know, again, it's 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 the, the Wilder chin. Is, you know, you, he finally gets that test. And for Deontay, it's great that he finally gets like a legitimate heavyweight that people can say, you know, that's a, that's a top 10 guy. It's a top five guy um, that you're fighting, a legitimate risk. Um, I mean, to me, or, Ortiz is very skilled. Um, and if, if Wilder starts winging shots, you know, he, he could get caught. Um, but it, it's hard to think that a 38-year-old guy who's been a little inactive lately, who has high blood pressure, 
um, that, you know, after seeing what Deontay did to Stavern, you know, you tend to think that, you know, it's going to be Deontay's night, but a very, very live underdog, uh, Luis Ortiz. So, so you believe the birth certificate. You believe that, that Ortiz <laughs> is really 38 years old? Doesn't look it, does he? He doesn't looks, look it. He looks, looks like he's in his 40s. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always uh, a little bit um, uh, pessimistic about the chances of someone who's recently been found uh, – yeah, to be using PEDs because that then those next couple of fights after that they're always look at um, Gamboa, yeah. They're, they're always they're always they're always pretty careful that they don't want to get caught. But I mean, you know, P, look how take, much Gamboa fell off with, when, once they discovered uh, once that uh, PED scandal um, was revealed in Florida. I right. mean, he just like went from Superman to uh, also ran. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 another guy who who might be in that class is uh, we'll we'll see when he. When uh, uh, when uh, March thirty first comes around, it's, it's Pavetkin. Uh, Pavetkin's had two two incidents with PEDs. One of them, the the first one, I didn't think um, was horrible because it was a a substance right, that, was, that was recently elite, right, right. recently banned in Russia, and, and he tested positive just a couple of weeks after the ban. But by all uh, you know, by my take and my opinion of, of of reading the lawsuit, the second time he seemed to be guilty of uh, of of taking PEDs. Like a different PED. A different one. And and since then, he's fought twice and, and has gone the distance both times. Now, he hasn't lost. He hasn't looked bad. But, um, you know. But he's also, and he's also had weight who's up there in age. I mean, he's, he's 37, 38. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's got a lot of wear and tear. He's been in some rough fights. Um, so, yeah. I mean, uh, heavyweight landscape looks great. You know, it seems like Joshua is very ambitious, which I love. He wants to fight the best in his division. He's not hiding from anybody. He wants the big fights. He wants the big events. So, uh, more power to him. Um, and, yeah, hey, if, if he gets all three of those fights, if he gets the trifecta uh, in 2018, easily fighter of the year and, and, and a huge, huge star. Well, even if, even if he fights Parker and Povetkin and then – Someone like maybe it was slightly. It, it'll still be an exciting year to Absolutely. see to see an active heavyweight champion. Who loves a top ten heavyweight? There's, Absolutely, there's no slouch. Absolutely, no slouch. All right. Well, uh, moving down to the to the cruiserweights because the cruiserweights are finally providing uh, <laughs> some excitement. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, before we before we leave on there, do you want to talk about any of the future heavyweights you're excited to watch in 2018? Because I've got a couple of guys who who, mm. who I, I feel watching. like. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well. Most of the, the the three guys I'm I'm interested in are they're all Europeans, um, but they they all so far in their young careers are are off to incredible starts. Uh, one of them is a, a French Olympic champion, Tony Yoka. Uh, I think he's three and zero or four and zero. Yeah, six seven, real big guy. Um, another one is a Croatian heavyweight who's with Sauerland event. Um, he's had about thirty fights in the World Series of Boxing and about eight fights uh, as a pro. His name's and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but <laughs> Philip Hergovich is definitely okay. a guy uh, I, I think is going to make a lot of noise in the heavyweight division if he can get the right fights. And also Daniel Dubois. Of, yeah, of Daniel England. Dubois for sure. I mean, someone asked me the other day on Twitter uh, what what prospects I was excited about, and yeah, Dubois for sure. I mean, because you hear those rumors about him putting Joshua down and sparring. Um, you know, though I, I I looked at him. And I just had to say he's raw. He reminded me so much of Michael Grant. He's a little bit – he's slow. He's big, strong, hits hard, but he's a little bit on the slow side. I remember talking to the Klitschko's about Michael Grant because they both sparred him. And I said, what do you guys think of Michael Grant? They're like, he's slow. (laughs) 
So Dubois, I mean, he's he's a banger, but yeah, he's definitely uh, he's one to watch, but because uh, he's he's got thunder, but uh, yeah, he struck me as a little bit slow, a little Michael Grantish, but Michael Grant got all the way to a heavyweight title shot, so and, and could have, you know, he fought Lennox Lewis. Had he had he waited and, and fought a lesser guy, he he, he could have been a titleist, maybe yeah. not a champ, maybe not a true champion, but a titleist. And um, you know, look, I, a lot of things can go wrong in a young boxer's career, but. I mean, those those are the guys who I, I'm most looking forward to seeing how they develop. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. absolutely. All right, let's get to the the cruiserweights and uh, my beloved uh, World Boxing Super Series, which has just completely gone under the radar with the uh, networks here uh, in 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 the states. And I guess we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, awesome, awesome, awesome semifinals in in this. I mean, pretty much. You know, most of the cruiserweights who matter were in this tournament, and it's down to uh, WBO champ uh, Alexander Usyk taking on WBC champ uh, Maris Bradis. Am I pronounced? I mean, I'm going to butcher these names. Right. No, I think that's right. <laughs> They're going to be fighting in the uh, boxing hotbed of Riga, Latvia, uh, January 27th. I'm sure the you know all those in Latvia are there. I mean, that's probably the biggest event ever, ever, ever in. Latvia. I, I dare say. I could yeah. be wrong. You Latvians want to email me about that? That's fine. Maybe, maybe the Ball Brothers will get over there for a game and, <laughs> and, and break that record. Game. But other than that, yes. It's, it, it dare fights. I say it's bigger than the Ball Brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a week after that, February 3rd in, in Russia, you've got uh, IBF champ. And th- this one could be fight of the year. Um, IBF champ uh, Murat Gassiev goes up against WBA regular champ uh, Junior Dortikos in what should be uh, just an absolute war. Um, first of all, how do you see those fights going? What do you think of uh, Usyk and Bredis? I'm pretty high on Usyk. Uh, uh, Bredis, I, I mean, look, these are these are the best of the best. Uh, they're they're, they're uh, the four title. Well, well, politics aside, they're the four champions. Um, you know, with, right, a, little, with mean, a little asterisk that we'll get to in a minute, but right, but right. These, these these are the four champions, and um, I, I think they're all undefeated, and um, so you know we're not sure what's going to happen. I, I I kind of favor Usyk and 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 Gassiev. Um, uh, I big fan of of uh, I've seen more of Usyk, I should say. So maybe maybe that uh, taints my opinion, but uh, just came from he's got that great Ukrainian pedigree from that. Awesome 2012 Olympic team. Again, uh, a guy who uh, you look at the professional record they list for him, and it's, he's about 12-0, and 0, but he's actually also had, um, confusingly enough, not the World Boxing Super Series, but also World Series of Boxing experience. <laughs> so uh, he, he's had more fights, actually, than what his record would indicate. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's just a top-notch guy entering in his prime. So, um on that side of the bracket, I, I think I'd favor Usyk. Although, again, I, I wouldn't be shocked with any of these any outcomes. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I would favor Usyk as well. Um, but Bradis, I I think what he'll do is, he, I mean, he made that Perez fight really ugly. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the ugly side of the bracket. That that one might be a, a, a hold fest. Right. <laughs> but yeah, favor Usyk in that one. Um, on the other side of it, Gassiev and, and Dortikos. Um, bombs away. Um, Gassiev, I mean, you got to love him because uh, Abel Sanchez uh, is training him and he, he, he works with Triple G and uh, you kind of can't help but root for him. But um, 
you know, who your trainer is doesn't seem to matter in the World uh, Boxing Super Series because uh, the guy who many people tipped as trainer of the year, Derek James, had Rob Brandt in the uh, other bracket, and everyone picked him to beat, you know, your old Jurgen Brommer in Germany, and Brommer took him to school. So, right. um, but this one should be a shootout. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> got to admit, I'm kind of rooting for Gassiev, um, but it, it could go either way. It's kind of who who lands the the, the big bombs first. Um, but uh, it's interesting to me because on, on BoxRec, they said that uh, that this was for the WBA Super Championship. But I, I didn't think that if there was already a Super Champion that you could fight for the Super Championship because Lebedev is is is, is the Super Champ. So. Yeah, I guess you really want to – So then they would have to have those two fight for the undisputed Super, super championship. championship. I think I, – I, you know, I think there has been at least one other situation. I, I, I can't believe we're going to get into this on this podcast. But um, – <laughs> I think there has been one other situation where there have been two WBA super champions at a time. Uh, don't ask me what it is. I'd have to look it up. But um, it, it's, a, it's a bit ridiculous because um, the, the WBA recognizes Dennis Lebedev as the super champion and Murat Gass uh, – and Junior Dordikos as the regular champion. Right. But uh, Gassiev has the IBF belt. But Gassiev fought Lebedev and knocked him out. Right, and they were both and, under the limit. And they were both under the limit. Um, Gassiev did not pay a sanctioning fee to the WBA, so the normal uh, the, the normal situation of boxing, which is offensive as it is, would be not to recognize the winner because he didn't pay right, be, and declare the title vacant, which right. would, which would be offensive. Which would be an insult to fans' intelligence and, and offensive by itself. But the, the WBA took it a step further and restored recognition to Dennis Lebedev as super champion, even though he'd been knocked out. Right. So, you know, for Dennis Lebedev to to call himself a champion or be listed as a champion is, you know, in my opinion, completely fraudulent. Right. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, Gassiev should have the IBF and WBA titles. Um, you know, they then created the regular title, or they created the regular title, I can't remember the exact chronology. <laughs> and Dordikos has the WBA belt, um... But, you know, the, the, the great news for boxing fan is it's all being settled in the ring by this tournament. That's what I love about this tournament. The, 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 the sanctioning bodies don't matter. You know, at, at the end of this thing, are, are people really going to worry if the sanctioning bodies are sanctioning the final or whatever or if they're stripping these guys? No. You know, the, the, the guy who wins this is the cruiserweight champion of the world. And, you know, boxing could without question benefit from this tournament style uh, of uh, that, that these guys have uh, – that Sauerland and, and – um, Richard Schaefer have uh, have come up with and then the backing they've got. I love this tournament. Uh, speak about it a little more later. But uh, what's what really sucks? I mean, well, I mean, these guys are because they don't have the TV money. They've had to scramble. You know, they're putting they had to put fights in Latvia mm-hmm. and uh, in the finals. Uh, the cruiserweights are going to be in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Well, well, Breedis is from Latvia. He is. Well, they had to put it there, yeah, yeah. so they can sell tickets and, and make some money on this thing, get some money back. Um, you know. I mean, you you actually were a part of the uh, negotiation of the uh, Super Six, right? That's right. That's right. What, didn't they, did they not stipulate that the semis and the finals had to be in the U.S. or something like that, or the finals had to be in the U.S.? In that deal, yes. Um, in that deal, yes. The, the problem that you have with this tournament is that there's nobody from the U.S. <laughs> well, uh, not only there's nobody from the U.S., there's there's no United States television. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so to to put to put uh, the bouts in the United States would make it less attractive to European television. Um, I, you know, look, you've got uh, the 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 four the four remaining fighters. Three of them are Eastern European, and one of them is 
I mean, Dordicos is based in America, but he's, he's, he's Cuban. He's Cuban, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, the stories I heard was that, uh, you know, Al Heyman and, and, and the PBC were able to uh, convince Showtime not to not to invest in this, uh, not, not to buy these fights um, uh, because, you know, he wanted the, the Showtime's budget for, for his own fights. Uh, that's not confirmed. Um, that's just, you know, my understanding through rumors. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly... It's it, funny because I, I heard rumor like on the other side of the aisle, uh, Peter Nelson was didn't want to do business with these guys because he didn't want to piss off Golden Boy. Because even we didn't want to deal with Schaefer and, and piss off Golden Boy. So, <laughs> uh, if that's true, I had not heard that. If that's true, that's uh, that's a pretty uh, now you poor, see why they're shut that, out. That's a pretty poor rationale because I mean, short sighted. Well, Golden Boy has Canelo Alvarez, but I mean, it's not like they have right. a, a, a stable of champions who are going to provide regular programming. Right. To name, completely name another must see right. uh, Golden Boy. All right. due respect to the Golden Boy's fighters, and they have some very good ones. But. And uh, uh, that's right, um, but. This is clearly something that should be on the, the quality of boxing. De, you know, demands that it be on TV, and and I know uh, Epic's network put in a, a late bid, a, a low ball bid at the last minute. You know, in, in in the last couple of weeks, right before the tournament, and they just couldn't get the deal closed with ah. with uh, the world with the World Boxing Super Series guys. So, um, you know, look in, in fairness to everybody, if the fights are being held six or seven time zones. Uh, away from the United States, it does diminish their value to a network. Right, but it's like chicken and egg, though. I mean, had the network's bottom, you know, the fights wouldn't be six or seven time zones. That's, <laughs> they that, no, that's right. States. I mean, that's right. That's right. And I think, uh, um, you know, when when they announced that the the second uh, the second set of tournaments um, to start in the fall of 2018, I think. Uh, you know, HBO would, would be wise to give it very strong consideration to, to make a deal with them. Absolutely. 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 Now. And that's a pretty good segue to light heavyweight. Because actually <laughs> my, a, my, my understanding is that the light heavyweights may be involved in, in, the, next, uh, in the next World Boxing Series. Is that right? Series. Is that right? Well, one, one last note on the cruiserweights. Sure. Um, I would think that the, uh, the winner of this is almost assuredly going to heavyweight, right? I mean, I've, I've heard you, Usyk has talked about going to heavyweight. Um, Gassiev has basically said, if I win this tournament, I'm going to have weight, and maybe even before then. And you've got Bradis, who has a win over the uh, the WBA regular heavyweight champion, Manuel Char. So uh, you've got three guys who I would assume if they win this tournament, they're going to go straight up to heavyweight and make heavyweight even more interesting. So, um, But on that note, yeah, let's let's go to uh, the light heavyweight. Scott, you seem to have uh, some some inside info on uh, – on, uh, what might happen with the World Boxing Super Series? Well, uh, my understanding is they have the financing. They're going to be back for a second series, uh, second season. Uh, you know, we, Thank goodness. We, they, they did the super middleweights as well as the cruiserweights. Um, didn't, didn't quite get the strong field in the super middleweights as they got in the cruiserweights. Um, but they're, they're, they're going to come back and do two different weight classes. Um, and... Uh, my understanding is, you know, they, they they lost a lot of money this year by by not getting US TV rights. So, uh, um, it, it, the budget may be scaled back. Now, the the financing of this series was done by people who were involved with what one of the big uh, soccer clubs, maybe Manchester, um, over in Europe. I know the company's called Camosa. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, they put up fifty million dollars, which is basically twenty five million dollars for each tournament. Right. So. 
you know, pretty much any division outside of maybe middleweight or heavyweight, um, the champs would be really happy to see that kind of money, you know, for, sure. and it'd be guaranteed three fights if, you know, if you figure you can make it to the finals, if you're a Kovalev or, or main events, I mean, that's, that's found money. That's awesome. You know? Um, so yeah, let's, well, well, what's interesting here at Light Heavyweight is we kind of have a, um, an AFL NFL um, split yeah. here. You've mm-hmm. got uh, the WBC champ Adonna Stevenson, who's got a great fight coming up if, if it ever gets done. Uh, Badu Jack, who's you know, uh, <laughs> I love Badu Jack as a fighter. I love Badu Jack as a fighter. Just um, a guy who who you know, once he got knocked out on, on Showbox a few years ago, everyone counted him out, um, and he's come back and just beaten you know, just put on some great performances. Most people thought. James DeGale would beat him, and he gave James DeGale like the beating of a De- lifetime. DeGale was very fortunate to come away with a draw on that fight. Absolutely. And, and, you, and you see that he lost his, his next fight after yeah. that. And, and you, you to know, a guy who mo- no one gave a chance to beat him. And, and, and it was either he came back too soon or that, that beating from uh, Jack just stayed with him. Yeah, I think the latter. Yeah. Um, but that, that's rumored to be uh, happening uh, March or April, and that, that's an excellent fight. Um and then coming up here in March, you know, I, I feel bad for our friends at, at main events that uh, they kind of got uh, circumvented by another card going on that night because um, the better fight to me is the co-feature in this one, WBA champ and uh, really a guy who's a champion and a great prospect at the same time, uh, Dimitri Bivol. He hasn't really fought, um, I would, I wouldn't, he hasn't even fought a top 10 guy yet, but he, he just has looked so good coming up. And he's facing a, a legit top five uh, light heavyweight in Sullivan Barrera, who's finally settled on which champion he wants to fight. Um, that one should be a great fight. It's a great crossroads fight right there. Um, and in the top of that card, you got the, the WBO champ, uh, newly crowned WBO champ, uh, Sergey Kovalev, um, taking on Igor McHalkin, who is the IBO light heavyweight champion. I did not realize that. <laughs> I didn't realize that. He beat a Thomas Ustizen, uh uh, from South, uh, South African. African. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the sad part about that show is that it's going to be in Madison Square Garden on March 3rd and, uh, a few, and miles a, away, a few miles away it's across the river, though. I think I think the average boxing fan is uh, probably going to be a little bit more interested in Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz the same night. That's know, the one ten, I'm going ten, to. Five, five miles, you know, <laughs> over the bridge. And Sorry, Kathy. Sorry, yeah. Pat. I love you, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be in Brooklyn for that one. Um but yeah, how do you see Stevenson Jack playing out? You know, it's it's. I would have to pick Jack uh, just based on that 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 performance against DeGale. Uh, he's he's fought one since then and won. He's just so steady. He's so steady. Um, uh, you know, Stevenson is pushing forty if he's not forty already. Um, he's fought once a year for three or four years now. hasn't right. you know, and hasn't fought top notch competition at that. Um, I think that look, I, from a, from a fan standpoint, I'm certainly rooting for Jack because the, the the division needs a little bit of fresh blood. I mean, Stevenson is, you know, he's had the WBC belt for a while. He's the the, the lineal champion. Um, if you choose not to, although I, I strip him, you know, I always considered Andre Ward a lineal champ though because he fought uh, Chad Dawson when Dawson had become the lineal champ, and they fought under 175 pounds, even though they fought it at 168. I, I always considered Andre the champ, but you know, but I, I get why you know. I mean, Dawson did not put his belts on the line in that fight, and and but to me, like I'm old school, man. I, I felt Andre Ward was the was a light heavyweight champ at that point, but 
But, no, no, I, no, I, no, but then Ward left the division, and, and Dawson kept the title. I mean, well, Dawson lost, but, I mean, he then fought Stevenson, right? Well, yeah, Ward disappeared then, yeah. I mean, but, you know, was the linear title vacant? You know, who knows? But anyway. anyway. Um, you know, look, I it's, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's a shame that, you know, just, just like, a, you know, 20 years ago when we were talking boxing back at uh, – at our insurance job, uh, it's, a, it's a shame that Roy Jones never fought Darius Mikulshevsky. Right. It's, it's, it's a shame that that Stevenson never fought Kovalev. Uh, right. And 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 you know you can go back and forth and uh, place the blame on on both sides. I, you know I think probably Stevenson deserves a little bit more of the blame than than Kovalev just based on you know Kovalev's willingness to fight tough fights. But negotiations are hard. It, it's a shame we never saw that fight and, and doesn't look like we will. Right. Um, I think you know we. We uh, need some some fresh blood uh, in this division, and Bivol certainly going to be it, and uh, Gvadzik, if I'm saying that name right, is uh, <laughs> Vosnik, certainly someone I, I want to see more of. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it, it, I think this is I think this division is going to be um, in good hands. And 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 the guy, um, you know, and, and and the thing about Stevenson fighting Jack, as much as I want to see that fight, uh, I think we have to also. Uh, Call some attention to Alida Alvarez, the the mandatory champion. I mean, this guy's been the mandatory ch- contender for for uh, I think two or three years now. And um, Kurt, I know you've had experience uh, representing boxers trying to trying to get their WBC mandatory shots, and uh, it's 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 not easy. It's it's not fair. Um, this guy has stepped aside on the understanding they'd get a title shot, and uh, it looks like he's being left out in the cold. It, it's it's not right, and. And, you know, even though Jack and, and Stevenson might be a better fight, shame on the WBC for not for not uh, protecting this fighter. And, and honestly, I don't get where, where what Alvarez gets out of this. Supposedly, he didn't get any money for the step aside. I mean, is, is it because he's friends with Stevenson? They just don't want to fight or I mean, why is he why is he ducking this fight? I mean, he, he fought Lucian Butte when he when he could have gotten whoa, whoa, a title. Whoa. Fight. You think Alvarez is ducking? Why would he take the step aside? He's the mandatory. He can enforce his mandatory. Well, he's he's not ducking the fight now. They're asking him to fight Gvadzik. Yeah, but he let the Jack fight happen. He could have enforced his I mandatory don't think rights. He, I, I'm that's not so clear to me. But I think that the the look the the bigger problem is is that Alvarez and Stevenson share a promoter. So to the extent that and that's a big money fight. Yeah. Why don't you just make it? I mean, Stevenson could lose. He could have lost to that um, the Polish kid from Chicago. You know, why would you take that chance? Make the fight. You know, why you you assume he had the chance? I'm I'm not so sure he had. He's the, the mandatory. <laughs> well, he's the mandatory, but 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 how many mandatories haven't gotten their chance? Yeah, I but mean, Stevenson asked to to do a voluntary when he when he was what was his name Andre? Who's the guy who beat Chavez? I'm like blanking. Fonfara. Fonfara. Yeah, like that would at on that date. Alvarez could have had that fight, and 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 chose not to. And then, but, but, but that was a while ago, and we and look, we're sitting here in in, in the studio here talking. We don't know what promises were made to these guys. I mean, it, at the end of the day, the WBC is a sanctioning body that exists for a reason, and that reason should be to to make sure that the 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 rules are enforced and the mandatory challenger is 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 given a chance, and you you call a purse bid. And if the if the guy doesn't show up or the guy pulls out, that's that's one thing. But, um, yeah, but you know, it, look, it, it's t- it's tough to unwind it, and we'll probably never know the true facts. Right. But why wouldn't Alvarez's representatives enforce that mandatory? I mean, you you know, you got to push these sanctioning bodies. You got to stand up for your guys' rights. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded by Alvarez's actions more than the WBCs, but but you're assuming um, they're Alvarez's, and he may have not had perfect information, or he may have been misled or, or told things that you know. Maybe he did, was. Take this fight, and we'll get you the. You'll get the next fight, and and you know yeah, now checks in the mail. Now, now it's kind of falling apart on but him. But you know what? It's, it's Ultimately, right. it is a, the fighters have to take control of their own careers. They got to know what's going on, you know. And I, I can't imagine there wasn't someone around him who was like, "Why are we? Why are we not fighting Stevenson?" But but uh, be that as it may, it's a mess now because now you know you brought in uh, Vosdick and Alvarez doesn't want to fight Vosdick. I'm the mandatory. Now suddenly he stands up as the mandatory. Uh, you know, no one wants to fight Vosdick. So, but um, you know, again, we got AFL and NFL. It looks like um, you know Kovalev Stevenson not going to happen, right? We're not going to get the Super Bowl of light heavyweights. Um, That's right. It's unfortunate, but yeah. More likely we'll get Kovalev possibly against the winner of uh, Bivol uh, Barrera. Um, the one guy we haven't mentioned is Artur uh, Betterbiev, who He's also... has got the IBF title. He's got the IBF title, seems to be in a court battle with Yvonne Michel, so don't know when he'll be uh, available well, well, next. Well, I mean, but, I think the one sliver... Now, of where would you... I mean, he fought on Top Rank's card, but where, like, on the... I mean, Yvonne Michelle is kind of Al Heyman's guy. So it's like, you know, do you think Top Rank is, is going to kind of pull some strings and eventually buy a Michelle out? Or, I mean, I think they'd love to have him, obviously. But where do you think, you know, the, the, the Arthur better be a football is going to Well, I, I tell you what, what I'm hoping for is, is that uh, the, the, world's, the World Boxing Super Series decides to go all in for the light heavyweights next year. And puts enough money out there, you know. Maybe it's not going to be the twenty-five million that that they did, but 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 something close to it, where none of these guys have any other have better, you know, just like with the cruiserweights, none of these guys had better options than 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 to go into this tournament. And there was enough to to pay off the promoters to put aside the squabbling. And 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 that's you know, if, if you want to have a ray of hope, you know, maybe maybe they can get uh maybe they can get a tournament with Bivol and Kovalev and the Jack Stevenson winner and Peter Biev and. Uh, Joe well, this, Smith and this is rounded thing, out, and, that, and that that's the slow, that's that's the that's the hope for the light heavyweight division. That's yeah, the path. This is what legitimately just burns my ass about the sport is that with 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 everyone's out for their own TV deal. All these promoters, you got the PBC, you got Top Rank, and and uh, who's ever left over runs to HBO, right? But you know, and everyone's shunning Richard Schaefer when he's got this amazing idea and like fifty million dollars in financing. It's like PBC, you're you're just about out on your ass. Why don't you team up with, you know, Richard Schaefer and Sauerland? You you have great fighters in every division. This this tournament style thing would fit you perfectly. You could actually pay these fighters what you you know, you've been paying them above market for how many years now? This is this is a tournament that pays above market. That's you've right. got, you know, I mean we're gonna get to this later, but you've got like a you know, like the top six featherweights in the world who who aren't fighting each other. You know, it's like, you know, the turn that screams out for like a tournament like this and, and, and the light heavyweights, if they got behind this and, you know, and, and, you know, better be have got in there and, and main events was willing to work with them too. You'd have an unbelievably great tournament. Well, I think these guys would be willing for the kind of money that if the, if the money's the same or close for the cruise, you're saying the PBC, are you saying that the fighters might leave the PBC to go to this tournament? Well, I mean the the PBC. If it's if you're talking light heavyweight, they're going to have one piece of the puzzle, right? They're going to have Stevenson or Jack. Or Jack or right. so, so I, I guess maybe they could have both if it's a draw or a close enough fight or an exciting enough fight. Um, 
Um, well, you got Alvarez is on that kind of on that PVC boat too, right? He's Devon Michelle. Right. Um, I, I, I think, you know, look, the point I was going to make, though, is as, as in-house as PBC usually is for the right opportunity. I mean, this is the, this is the organization that, that let Charles Martin go to uh, fight Anthony Joshua in England um, and lose his heavyweight title when, when they had, you know, plenty of in-house heavyweights and, and could have kept it in the family there. So um, but that was a pretty... Outrageous offer that our that our boy uh, Mike Barreo shout out to Bandwagon uh, <laughs> God for his fighter. So um, so yeah, light heavyweights um, doesn't look like we're going to get a, a Super Bowl of uh, of the light heavyweights unless uh, people make some deals with Richard Schaefer. But uh, still, you could have you know interesting fights. Kovalev versus the winner of Bivol and Barrera, and maybe the the Jack Stevenson winner will will take on Alvarez. So at least you've got uh, fights amongst the top top ten that would be good. Um, getting back to uh, the World Boxing Super Series at, at super middleweight, um, just probably the, the 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 maybe the best matchup that could be made in the division. Um, you got George Groves versus Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, in Manchester, England, uh, February seventeenth. Um, to my mind, it's probably that's the number one and number three fighters in the division. I might put uh, Ramirez, uh, number two, top ranks guy. Who's not in the tournament. Not in the tournament. The WBO champion who's not in the tournament. WBO, not in the tournament. Um, the other semi, um, arguably two top ten guys, Callum Smith, um, who's you know, great potential. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how the semis play out for him. Um, undefeated uh, British fighter against... Uh, Old man Jürgen Brommer from mm-hmm. uh, Germany, Sauerland Special, uh, Jürgen Brommer. Well, he started with Universum, and he's actually ah. fought for both of them. Uh, you know, Callum Smith, it was announced this week that uh, the, the fight's going to be in Germany, and Callum Smith was not that happy about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, boxers have complained for years about the home cooking in Germany. Uh, uh, I think uh, there'll be neutral referees, but uh, Callum Smith... Um, you know the the center of the boxing universe these days is 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 definitely been Great Britain and he's become accustomed to fighting there. His his, his first round fight was uh, a win over a Swedish fighter um, in 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 England and he's you know understandably nonplussed with going to Germany. Um, <laughs> but he he is young and in his prime and Bramer's. Uh, he's thirty eight or thirty nine. <laughs> looks looks older than that. Uh, it's, uh, but you know, you know he looks. I mean, listen. Even in the fight that he lost to uh, Nathan Cleverly a few years ago, he lost because of injury. You know, I mean, he was in that fight. That was a very competitive fight. Um, so Jurgen Brown, but don't count him out. And no, now, he's a very intelligent fighter. He's yeah. actually transitioning to to be a trainer as well. So he, you yeah, know, really he's training one of the super middleweight champions. <laughs> as it turns out, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Is it Tyron Zuge? Yes, Tyron Zuge. How do you get a name like Tyron? You're like a native I don't German. Know. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like something from Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, as we mentioned, uh, Gilberto Ramirez uh, is not in that tournament. Uh, nor is David Benavides, the WBC champ. Uh, nor is uh, IBF champ Caleb Truax, who uh, pulled the upset of the year against um, James DeGale in December. Nor is uh, the the interim IBF champion uh, Andre. Um, I win by DQ Durrell um, or uh, Jose Uzkategi. Yeah, the, the the tournament definitely had a a, a, Europe, a bit of a European bias. I mean, I think the 
The, well, notice they, they really think, went all out to get the top cruiserweights and did so. So I don't want to insult them uh, too badly. And, and, well, and, you, and you can fairness, see these are like it's PBC and Top Rank pretty much right. didn't participate. Well, well in fairness, <laughs> I don't think Benavides had won the championship at the time. Right, the, right. And he's with Samson, the Glitz anyway. So so that's that's kind of like the wild card. But how, how do you see um, Groves Eubank playing out? Uh, I think about the matchups that Groves had with Carl Frotch where he was winning and and got caught late and I think based on Eubank's power I think he's going to be able to uh, Oh, he's picking the upset. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be my call. <laughs> uh, and I know a lot of Although people, that's a popular uh, upset to pick. Yeah, a lot of people I, think I, Eubank's going to Yeah, win I think one. a lot of people don't like I I think Groves is a little bit more popular. Eubank's dad rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. Um but uh it look at it's it's going to be a great fight and St. St. George certainly has a shot, but um, I think I think those those at least I'm informed by you know his 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 losses to Frosch. Right, you know Groves uh, certainly in the lead up to the fight is you know wants to suggest that uh, Eubank is all hype and you know he does these you know he's the king of the 10 second clip on the internet you know he looks amazing for these 10 second clips and then you don't see anything else I mean. But listen, this this guy, you know, people are finding out how good Billy Joe Saunders was in his last fight, and that's Eubank's only loss. It was a split decision, right? Um, right. Very close fight. Um, in, in light of uh, in, in light of Saunders' last performance, you really have to reevaluate that loss. And- absolutely, absolutely. And and Eubank looked like a million bucks in the, in that first uh, fight in this tournament. So yeah, I might I might lean towards uh, Eubank. Just he seems like he's got momentum. He's on the way up. Groves kind of realized the dream. You know, he finally won the title in his in his fourth shot. Um, he's he's been through the wars. Um, yeah, you, you, Eubank is a popular pick. I might I might lean toward him too. Smith Brommer, how you see that one going? That's a tough one to call. I mean, I think by all rights it, it, you should pick Smith, um, but um, the home field advantage has. You know, shown itself to be important in boxing time and time again. I, I'm not really prepared to make a call on that one. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, I think Smith is the more obvious pick, but um, Bramer's skills are such that I don't think he he should be counted out. He's got the kind of style that can lead to a, a you know, an unpopular decision. Absolutely. We're, we're in New York City, folks. That's the sirens you hear in the back. It's not an uncommon sound. So sorry. And we're like 20 floors up and still hearing the sirens. But um, yeah, I mean, that, this one's really tough. I mean, you know, Callum Smith, I mean, he, he was very hyped and he looked great coming up. But, you know, Scoglin gave him a really good fight. It was a close fight. You know, Scoglin uh, came on in the middle rounds and, and, and Smith, uh, you know, kind of iced it at the end. Brommer, uh, you know, fought better than expected. Um, yeah, this one very close one. You know, I'm gonna uh, kind of go against the grain. I'm gonna pick Brommer uh, by robbery in, uh, <laughs> in a close fight. Well, I don't think that's such a. I, I don't think either one of those. Right, you can't. You I, can't. As long as you think it's close, right. you know. I, I, I mean, listen, Cal Smith's got a lot I mean, of power. Pick, Maybe if, he puts him out. Who knows? Look, if you're picking Brommer by robbery, you're essentially <laughs> picking Smith. I mean, you know. So absolutely, man. You know. Gilberto Ramirez is is fighting a guy on on ESPN, uh, Habib uh, um, Ahmed, twenty five and 0, one draw. But H- have I, I you heard of him before the fight was announced? Never heard of him. He's from Ghana. You know, respect to Ghana. You know, a dogbo just won the title and looked great. That's but right. um, Ahmed has had twenty six fights, uh, twenty five wins, and only five of those wins were over fighters with a winning record. So Dogbo won an interim. Much. Dogbo won an interim title, though. I think. 
Yeah, he did. He won the uh, the the BO uh, interim because uh, okay. there was an injury. Uh, who's just, the, who's just, the champion? Just had to point that out. Yeah. Um, so you've got you know Ramirez not in the tournament. Benavidez is going to fight a rematch. David Benavidez, the WBC champion, is going to fight a rematch with uh, Ronald Gavril. Honestly, I don't. You know, I mean, he did get dropped in the last round of that fight. I didn't think that fight was a split decision. It was re- relatively close, but I thought Benavidez kind of dominated that fight. I, I, I expect him to dominate in a rematch. Um, Caleb Truax doesn't really have anything planned. Uh, Durrell and Uzkatege are going to fight a rematch, hopefully without Leon Lawson in in the crowd um, on the uh, Wilder Ortiz undercard. Um, you know, it, it's funny if if I, I could see the uh, the winner of this tournament, the, the the World Boxing Super Series tournament, I could see them, you know, fighting on on ESPN against the Ramirez. I think Groves has talked about that, that, that he would want to fight Ramirez. Benavides, because Samson promotes him, you know, he, he could get a shot at one of those guys. Um, you know, I mean, the PBC has had George Groves on their cards, no? I mean, uh, he, he challenged uh, Badu Jack. So, um, you know, the, this division is at play. We'll see what happens. Uh, and what a wonderful win. Let's just take a moment to acknowledge what a wonderful win Truax had over right. o- over uh, DeGale. And uh, I... I would think that's why they fight the fights. That's right, and I, I would think his his next fight is to to come Hopefully back to, in come, Minnesota. Come back to England, I think, is where the money's going to be. Right, um, well. you know, Minnesota does not get a ton of big fights. Oh, uh, that's right, know. he's got a rematch clause, right? Um, if Degale wants it, um, right. Degale may want to you know rehabilitate himself with some easier fights, but um, <laughs> certainly there's there's no shortage of uh, super middleweights. I mean, they, you know, the, the loser of one of these. The the loser of of one of these uh, World Series of boxing fights could 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 make a big fight with uh, with Truex in England too. So true, 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 absolutely. Moving down to the middleweights, um, it's all about Golovkin and, <laughs> yeah. and Triple Alvarez. G Canelo. Um, you know, I guess on my last podcast, you know, I, I didn't mean to throw shade at that fight. Um, it was a you know it was a great fight. It was an entertaining fight. It was. It could have. I, I was just a little disappointed. It could have been better. You know, just uh, I felt like if Canelo had engaged a little more and hadn't moved so much and just you know gone dormant for like you know three quarters of a round and, and a lot of those middle rounds, it could have been could have been uh, an even better fight. Uh, but it was maybe not for him. Not he for might him. have got knocked well, out. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know it's funny because you you, you looked at him and you know I always joke when when fighters kind of are a little reluctant to stick their nose in. I mean. He had the hand speed advantage. He was winning every exchange when he let his hands go. And I'm like, you know, you need that speech from swingers. You know, you need Vince Vaughn in the corner. It's like, come on, man. You know, you got these big, vicious claws, man. And you're a bear, man. You're a bear. And you got this little bunny. And you're you're looking at the bunny. And you're wondering, how do I kill the bunny? And you've got these big claws, man. And you don't know how to kill the bunny. It's like, dude, you're winning every exchange. You know, don't run clinch. You know, get get your win that way, you know. He, he had more to lose than Golovkin in a way because he's got so much of his career ahead of him, and and he kind of fought like a man with uh, too much to lose. I think um, maybe, maybe. Um, but but I, you know, I have to say, I, you know, count count me in for the rematch. Oh, absolutely. If they can get it done for for the first week of May, Cinco de Mayo weekend, which I expect they will. How do you not get that? <laughs> I'm just well, like, I think at this point, who else is Canelo going to fight that? No, I mean, I think or Golovkin that, that they're going to make as much money. Well, I think at this point they're probably just 
you know, negotiating for every usual, yeah. every last scrap right, of food right, on the right, table. Right, right. You know, um, you got two two big egos. Yeah. So and the other guy to talk about at middleweight, I guess, is Danny Jacobs. Well, there's a couple Brooklyn's more guys. Own, yeah. yeah, I mean, Danny. Uh, Danny, unfortunately, because there's a rematch clause, and because Canelo is a guy who fights twice a year, and he is the cash cow in the sport. Danny's a little frozen out right now. Um, he's not a mandatory either, I don't think. So. Um, Rumored to be fighting uh, Andy Lee. He's got that HBO deal now, so you know he knows when he's going to be fighting. Not a bad fight, you know. It's I mean Andy Lee. Uh, you know sometimes he looks like a pinata, and sometimes uh, you know he 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 lands that big right hook, and he you know, he's or uh, both. Sometimes he looks yeah, like exactly. a pinata that lands a right hook <laughs> for the first three <laughs> three or four rounds. Right, right. This one, I think he's going to be mostly pinata. I'd, I'd be shocked if, uh, especially because he hasn't been very active, and Danny's kind of been on his game. Um, I, I see that one as uh, as kind of the last uh, the last stand of Andy Lee. What do you think? I I would agree. I think Jacobs is uh, someone who, uh, if, if if someone of his skill in a different division would certainly have uh, a title belt, but there just aren't that many options open to him right now. With with Golovkin and Alvarez having most of the belts, having three of the belts, and and just you know fighting each other for a year right. he, he'd, he'd be a champion in most other divisions uh and um look if he can make some money and stay busy while waiting for super fight uh, I, I think that's what you're going to see him do yeah i mean the the what you know in a perfect world what we would have had was billy joe saunders who really kind of put himself into the picture like i mean everyone had, was so down on him after he was calling everybody out and then not fighting anybody and then looking like crap when he finally did get back in the ring but then he goes to to canada um, against David Lemieux, dangerous puncher, and just absolutely takes him apart. Right, just, a lot of people were picking Lemieux for that. Fight. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And Saunders just completely outclassed him. And you know, as as Max Kellerman said after the fight, now you're thinking, well, maybe he could be Triple G. You don't know, you know, maybe he could be Danny Jacobs. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, it would have been great if uh, Jacobs. I mean, logically, that that would have been the fight, Jacobs and Saunders, um, and then the winner takes on the winner of Canelo right. Triple G. But I guess Saunders didn't want to risk uh, too much. I, I think it's unlikely that you'll see Alvarez fight Saunders. But if G, if if, right. Gol- if Golovkin can come out of the come out of the. You know, assuming the fight gets done for May and Golovkin comes out with a win or a draw, he I wants think, that fourth I title. Think Golovkin, I, I can and I can. Be, I, I don't think it's a stretch to see Golovkin go to go to go to England to fight him there. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I think it would be a stretch to 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 envision Canelo Alvarez going to London to fight Saunders or, Never or Saunders happen. giving up the the lucrative British TV market. To come. I mean, maybe he might, but I, I think the the fight that more likely will get made. Will be Golovkin Saunders if both of those guys have their belt going into the later half of the year. Absolutely, and I, you know, having did a little research on this, um, should he not fight Saunders? I think the 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 mandatory that's due next is the WBC, which is interesting because Jamal Charlo was the you know he is the mandatory, but the BC ordered an interim, which they're now they're starting to do interim title fights, but they have him fighting uh, Hugo Centena, who um, had a really nice. Uh, there's a Devastating knockout over uh, Aleem last that's year. A, that's a PBC eliminator, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I, I got to say, I'm glad you brought up Charlo because that's that's one of my uh, pet peeves in boxing. I mean, look, I, I I don't know him. I I'm not in training camp with him. I, I don't know how much 
difficulty he has making weight, but you know he never failed to make weight at 154. I mean, I to me it's just <laughs> that's a, right. This is you. To, this is a to me it's just a terrible move to give up a championship <laughs> at 154 pounds to move up to middleweight when you don't have a fight when you don't so have a big put fight your set hands up. In your pockets. To, I mean, I, you know he moved up almost a year ago. Yeah, and, just, and and this is and he's fighting Hugo Centeno. I mean, right. you know, yeah, Hugo Centeno's a not a bad fighter. I mean, he's you know coming off a good win, like you said. But I mean, is that is that a fight that's gonna? It's certain we know it's not gonna make him a champion, maybe an interim champion. But it, it's 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 not gonna captivate the the, the boxing public. It right, it doesn't really even, move the needle. Probably much. won't. It's even a be nice a, fight. Probably but. won't even be a main event. Right, and, and right. to me, it's you know, it's it's. It's it's just staggering that a guy would give up a world championship to, to just 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 to move up to one sixty. Just yeah, you know it's it's hard. You know you got that dynamic. He's got his twin. They were in the same division. I mean, you know, twins. I mean, having dealt with twins a little bit myself, having had the Sims brothers, there's there's so much competition between them. I mean, they love each other to death, but they also like are intense. Like you know competition against each other to distinguish themselves well the, the, the brother did have jamel did have a belt does have the wbc belt so i mean it, it wasn't that he right there it the wasn't that division, he needed, both it wasn't that he needed to move up to make a space to, to give his brother a shot right I mean, uh, charlo had the w no charlo had the ibf jamal charlo had the ibf belt jamel the w has the wbc yes. belt if i'm yes. not mistaken yes. yeah. so he didn't i mean to me that's not a reason to to move on. Yeah, the Klitschko's coexisted at heavyweight, right? Klitschko's so, coexisted. A couple, right. couple other examples out there, but... Um, I hear you. Um, so, uh, I guess the other player in this division is uh, my former charge. Uh, I think I managed him for about 20 minutes. Uh, Sergei Derevyanchenko. Um, you know, the HBO was batting around the idea of him fighting Demetrius Andrade, another, you know, guy who gave up his belt and <laughs> moved up in weight. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, my little birdies on my shoulder are telling me that that more than likely that one's never going to happen. Um, well, you know, here's where HBO could really do some good in the sport because you've you've got a, a log jam in middleweight where where guys are not able because right, you have one champion you, you, essentially, yeah, you, right. But but there are plenty of good fights to be made. Uh, but in order to get them made, you know, since it's not for a title, it's going to have to be for good money. Right. And, and here's where you know a company like HBO can use their resources to instead of just passively accepting what's sold to them by promoters to to go out and you know make it happen make right. it happen. I mean they're not they're supposed to buy fights, not make fights. But right. I mean this is a, this is uh, you know Peter Nelson, if you're listening, <laughs> use please your, listen, Peter. Yeah, <laughs> you, use 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 HBO's money to make these fights and 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 create create the next star for HBO boxing because right. there's certainly the, the talent out there that. You know, when you're talking about Charlo and when you're talking about Derevchenko and when you're talking about Andre, I mean, these guys can all, you know, there's other guys too. Um, these, these guys can all fight each other. They can all be entertaining fights. I mean, it would be great if it's for a world championship, but, you know, you can create you can create a star without a belt. Yeah, and you know what? If you partner with Richard Schaefer and his, uh, and his investors, you could actually create a tournament with all the guys you have at middleweight too. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be That's great. Right. And, 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 you know, <laughs> and even though the, the super middleweight tournament now doesn't have all the champions, they're still entertaining fights. And you know what? The winner of that tournament is the number one super middleweight in the world. Because you know what they 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 fought you know the, the top guys right you know where Ramirez is fighting a guy who's beaten you know five guys with winning records I mean it's pretty stark contrast before we leave the middleweights and you get it got to get your prediction who wins a uh, triple G Canelo two you know it's 
you you would think that uh, given their ages that you know it's it's almost like at crossroads is not the right word because certainly the the loser is not you know washed up or done by any right they're imagine. both big stars but right? but you you'd think that that you know uh, the extra time would would benefit a man in his twenties which is Canelo compared to uh, to Golovkin uh, to Golovkin but. I'm going to go against the, that that wisdom, and, and I, I'm going to take Golovkin again. I think he just. I think if if Alvarez engages him and even tries to use his hand speed, I, I think Golovkin's got a good chin to me, and he's and he's going to land and he's going to hurt him. And I I think even at his advancing age, I, I still favor Golovkin. But I want it to fight. I want to see. Yeah, I would love to see Canelo risk enough that he might get hurt in this fight. You know, it just seemed like he was so. Uh, consumed with uh, with being elusive and not getting hit, um, that he forgot that you know if he stood in just a little bit more, you know, in each round, could have made that fight a lot easier. Um, yeah, uh, I'm rooting. I gotta say, I'm rooting for Golovkin. I, you know, because I'd like to see him because he's a guy who will fight anybody. And he was avoided for so long. And he was avoided years. for so long. I'd love to see him just reap the benefits. Um, you know, Canelo's going to be. You know, he's he's clearly the cash cow in the sport. He realizes that, and and uh, he's going to be a real princess right. if he but wins. Barring, even if he loses, as long as he's not seriously injured, he'll, he'll, his career will be just fine. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So junior middleweights, honestly, not a lot to say about the junior middleweights. I mean, hopefully we'll get some unification this year. I mean, it, it seems sounds, like the time is right. That it sounds like Hurd and Lara is getting talked about. Um, and again, uh, another division that cries out for the World Boxing Super Series, the PBC. You know, if you're listening, you've got Lara, you've got Charlo and Hurd, all champions, right? And then you know, amongst the contenders, well, I, I guess you've got like. A regular champion guy, Brian, you know, Castaño, who I love to death, who beat, he's the only guy who beat a Derevianchenko in the, um, the, uh, the amateur, was it the, the world? <laughs> the World Series of Boxing. World Series of Boxing. Yeah. I was getting confused. They got Julian Williams. They got the, the talented Polish kid, Selecki. They've got Austin Trout. I mean, you've got more than enough to make a tournament. Um, and, and in all honesty, too, the, the other champion in the division, WBO champ, uh, Saddam, Saddam Ali, who, great kid, love him, Brooklyn. But uh, we're not even sure he's going to stay at the weight. Um, I, I doubt we'll see him against anyone from the PBC because he's with Golden Boy. Um, no, I don't, but I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think you need a World Boxing Super Series to get these guys together. Listen, Lara, Hurd, and Charlo—they're they're, all—they're all with uh, Al Heyman's PBC. Right. These guys can these guys can fight each other. Uh, Julian Williams is also with the PBC. Um, that, that's. Yeah, Austin yeah, Trout is too. I mean, those are right. Castaño, who's a hell of a fighter. I mean, I mean, all those, all those guys can. Suleki's a hell of a fighter. All those guys can <laughs> fight each other on Showtime, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you necessarily need that. That'd be great, but how often do PBC guys fight? Once a year. I mean, the Showtime only has so much money, and I mean, we're going to get to this. Hopefully, we'll get to this. I actually, honestly, I don't care how long this podcast is. We're going to get to this. Well, we can get to it in a different <laughs> podcast. I'm happy to come back, but. So the wild card at, at 54 to me is Kel Brook coming up. I mean, as, as injured as he's been, very talented fighter. Uh, maybe he fights Saddam Ali. That'd be a great fight. Or maybe he fights Khan at the weight. I mean, that, that could be kind of a super fight for 2018. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's get to the welterweight, which is another division that's, that is dominated by the PBC. Um, Keith Thurman, who's got two of the belts, unfortunately, is, is, is injured and uh, kind of 
has has let it be known that he wants a tune-up fight when he comes back because he's coming off an injury and fair play. I I, I think he deserves one. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, obviously, as a fan, you want to see him coming off a tough fight with Garcia. I mean, he, he unified. He, he he deserves a gimme or at least you know to, a, to, a lesser fight. To me, we'll we'll you know he. Thurman's kind of on the cusp. A year, a year and a half ago, he was boxing. He's darling boy. I mean, he's got an exciting fighting style. Says all the right things. For a things. couple rounds, he does. <laughs> he, he's, I, I think he's. I, listen, I, I enjoy watching him fight. I do too. Um, I wish he wouldn't have run the last couple rounds against Garcia, but uh, um, obviously the Porter fight was a, a great fight. Even the Colosso fight was an exciting fight. My man Louis, yeah. so close. Uh, uh, but uh, I think we're going to see. Listen, I'm I'm willing to give him. A tune-up, his first fight back. We're going to see what Keith Thurman is all about by who he picks for a second fight back. In other words, is he going to is he going to go for another soft touch? Well, I think and, it's 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 determined. I mean, he's got a mandatory Sean Porter. I think he's got to fight Porter, or he's going to lose that belt. I mean, if he gives it the belt, fine. But well, we'll we'll see. I mean, they're they're both with yeah, the, they're they're both with Heyman. So 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 uh, PBC, you know, could look yes. I mean, we were just talking about the flip side of this at light heavyweight with Alvarez. I mean, you know, what what if what if Porter gets offered a, a title shot in a different uh, a different sanctioning organization, like in or, Spence? Yeah, or or I'd, I'd I'd like that fight. It's great. Yeah, fight. I mean, but so that's not to say that Thurman. My point my point being that Thurman doesn't necessarily have to fight Porter his second fight back. I mean, we'll we'll see. And he's got two belts also. Doesn't yeah, have WBC yeah belt? but again, the BA, I mean, my understanding, you know, the BA, with those super championships now, I mean, the the, the, the the mandatory requirement for that is kind of like out the way. Like, right, so I don't see him as being obligated to fight Sean Porter. So that, uh, that, I think if he takes an optional, I mean, uh, you know, well, again, it's the WBC, right? They let Alvarez float in the breeze for practically four years, so... Well, I mean, look, at some point, Anything, we're, we're, we're it's, all, about, it's all negotiable. We're, right. we're talking about welterweights, and look, at Danny Garcia, at some point in his career, he kind of turned... And he went from fighting really tough fights to fighting not such tough fights. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think Thurman's kind of at the cusp there. Um, right, he's been right. In some it's rough, up to him. He's right. been in some rough fights. Um, he's got the leverage to do what he's want. He's made good money. He's, he's going to He's the number one guy in the division. Uh, he's earned it. I agree. But like I said, I, I'm very curious to see who he's going to take for a second fight. Yeah. And and hopefully it'll it'll be an Errol Spence or... Or Porter. Or, or, or Porter. Or, but... but there's too many good fights to be made, um, you know, to... To put two softies Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, to, I don't know when this is going to air, but this this morning, uh, Anthony Mundine just won a fight in Australia, and they're talking about Anthony Mundine squeezing down to welterweight to fight Jeff Horn for the WBO title. Well, that 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 that's a different case because, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I, I co-managed Sam Solomon, so I know the Australian market a little bit, but that, I mean, Anthony Mundine versus anybody in Australia is a big fight. Um, Anthony Mundy and Jeff Horn would I mean that would be a money grab for Horn. It's not something I'd particularly want to see. No here one as a New wants Yorker. to see yeah. it outside of Australia, <laughs> believe me. But it's a big money fight in Australia. I get the talk about it. It's not as outlandish as as most boxing fans would think it is. I mean, it would be a huge money fight. And if you're Jeff Horn and you've got a choice between <laughs> Mundy and Crawford, I mean, you know, like, ooh, I got you know, probably about the same amount of money. Right. You know, well, let me fight Mundine first and then I'll then I'll then I'll take it a look at Crawford. It's kind of like when when, you know, Sam Solomon had a choice, you know, where it's like, you know, right. Jermaine Taylor or uh, Gennady Golovkin and the, the offers were, you know, right. like, You, you do realize though Mundine beat a featherweight this morning. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a different guy named Tommy Brown, not not the Tommy Brown who, who lost a featherweight 
couple of featherweight title shots 12 years ago. Well, speaking <laughs> of uh, Crawford and Horn, hopefully top rank can get that one done. It looks like April um, uh, they're, they're looking at for that one. For so the you think, you think they're going to do that? You think Horn's going to fight Crawford before he fights Mundine? I mean, they... Top Rank was saying they pretty much had it done that Horn had agreed to it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's changed. But, I mean, yeah, I you know, you, you, you study the tea leaves. I mean, I haven't talked to anyone's camp about this. But just, you know, looking on social media and so on. Yeah, there has been some talk about Mundine. And I'm sure Horn is kind of I haven't heard Horn saying he's fighting Crawford next. Dude. Right, right. I mean, it's 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 a tough choice, you know. Uh, but, I mean, I you know, with, with Top Rank, I mean, I think they only have one more option on Horn. I mean, they have options on him. So they have to approve that. So, uh you know, I think he's going to fight Crawford. I think in the end they're going to twist his arm. And, you know, listen, even if you lose to Crawford, he can always fight Mundine. Yeah, you know? and I don't think we're going to waste too much time on the prediction segment here. <laughs> I think we can all agree Crawford would have an easy time with Horn. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I guess, you know, in essence, you know, you've got three, with Crawford entering the division, now you've got three top guns at welterweight. Um, three guys who, you know... Whatever combination you want to put them together, Spence Crawford, you know, Spence Thurman, Thurman Crawford. I mean, all of those are great, great fights, assuming that Keith Thurman comes back from injury and is still Keith Thurman. Um, You know, I don't think I don't think Crawford's going to get a shot at either one of those guys this year. Um, But Spence Thurman, we'll see. I mean, honestly, I don't think that's going to happen this year either. I think that uh, Thurman will probably fight twice. I think he'll take Porter. Um, before Spence and the, just the way he's talking he does not want right. any any part of Errol Spence till he's had a couple of fights and knows that he's he's and, and and the x the x factor is going to be some of these big names who are kind of past their prime I mean you know Amir Khan is is, is, is coming back and Manny Pacquiao is still hanging around and you know these these guys can potentially get in the mix and de- depending on you know a lot, a lot of fans do want to see them um but you know look from a strictly purist point of view You've got the potential here to have like another four king scenario, like when Hagler, Duran, Leonard, and Hearns all yeah, all fought each other. I would that, that's, love that's, to that's, see that. That's right there, right that's now. That's how for the it taking. should play out. Um, but you know, when when you've got names like Amir Khan and Manny Pacquiao, some of these fighters can can definitely get sidetracked and yeah, know. lucrative fights that that aren't as big a risk. And, I mean, look, it's not it's not to say I wouldn't want to see Amir Khan fight some of these guys, but it's certainly not. Not this Amir. The, hard, the, hard, yeah. the hardcore fans would want to see these guys fight each other, but uh, you know, Pacquiao, Khan, I mean, maybe they'll fight each other. I mean, that fight's been talked about a lot too. Right. right. Um, but um, you know, that those, those kind of fights would certainly make a lot of money with with the casual boxing fans. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Manny Pacquiao, and and we're going to just tackle everything below the welterweights as the lower weights. That's what I had on my <laughs> list too. We're, we're on the same page. And Manny Pacquiao, like, it's funny because I, like, uh, after Lomachenko beat Rigo, uh, Mike Woods, Woodsy, um, put on Twitter, he's like, oh, who would you like to see Lomachenko fight next? And everyone's, like, naming lightweights and Mikey Garcia, of course. And I was like, Manny Pacquiao, you know, because I'm like, you know, they're both with top rank. You know, it, this looks like the Pacquiao De La Hoya fight all over again, the passing of the torch. And I mean, Lomachenko needs right. that superstar fight. He's beaten a lot of very good fighters. You know, and Rigo did not pan out as, you know, the great fighter and the great fight that we were hoping it would be. Right. Um, Pacquiao-Loma would, would be a passing of the torch. It would be a, something to get the fans excited, even though Manny's passed it. The size advantage, you know, and just, you know, his punching ability, his frenetic style, you would think he might give, 
you know, he would, you know, either he blows Lomachenko out or he gets embarrassed. <laughs> you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those. So I would love to see that happen. But when you when you think of exciting fighters in the lower weights, I mean, the man is Vasily Lomachenko, and and you know, but what's out there for him? I mean, there's Pacquiao and there's Mikey Garcia. Those are the fights that get boxing fans really excited, and more so probably the the Mikey Garcia fight, as as Pacquiao seems, you know, it's it's, it's a weird fight. I think Pacquiao would still be a, a, a thrilling fight. I think I, I've always been fascinated with, you know, the, the the best fighters in the lower weight classes, seeing how far they can move up, and right. how, did, how you know does their skill and uh, you know how does the, this, their skill transfer, or how does their power, or how does their chin, or or just strength transfer to these higher weight classes? And you know, you, it's, you're you're exactly right when you compare a, a Lomachenko Pacquiao fight. To a you know Pacquiao fighting De La Hoya a decade ago. Right. I mean, um, not everybody thought Pacquiao was going to win. People were saying He's a huge underdog. People, people were saying Pacquiao was too small and De La <laughs> Hoya was, was too was was, was too big, was too strong, fight. too too lengthy. And then you know then then the narrative you know became Oscar. Well, well Oscar was dried out. Um, right. But right. And, and you know what? If, if Lomachenko beats Pacquiao, maybe, maybe they'll say the same things about Pacquiao. But uh, I, I would like to see that fight. I mean, I certainly wouldn't um, fault or complain fault Lomachenko for taking that fight. I mean, I, as someone who or Pacquiao, quite honestly, because you know, where does Manny go from here? I mean, you know, fight the winner of Horn and Crawford. I well, mean, he he should go to the Senate. Um, I, I you know I you'd, you'd I, rather see him pack I, it in than well, I mean I, I listen I I. I would enjoy seeing him in a big fight against Lomachenko, but right. the, the compassionate side of me uh, says, you know, Manny, you've, you've had a great run. You, you've done so much for the sport. You've done so much for your country. You, you, have, a, you have a career waiting for you in Filipino politics. Um, you know, why not? Right. Well, you know, do, do it. You, do you see the Lomachenko I mean, fight as like a no-win fight for him? Because if he wins, oh, he was too big, and if he no, loses... I, I look, no, because he needs... By all indications, is he... He needs money, whether he's going to need it for himself or or or, or just earn mo- earn millions of dollars to to do to do good things for right. his family, his extended family, and his countrymen. Um, which you know he's been more than exemplary in that sense. But it's I, I about say, the safest big fight you could make for him too. I mean, Lomachenko's not a big one punch puncher, and he's moving up a ton of divisions. And, and so. if he, and if he wins, then he could probably have another easy fight after that. The public would probably swallow it after sure. he beat Lomachenko. So I don't see it as a as a no win fight. I just look. I can I can remember, uh, and and you know that I used to represent Ricky Hatton when when Pacquiao destroyed. You represent Ricky, him very well, by the way. Thank too. you. But but when when <laughs> when Pacquiao when he got around to fighting Pacquiao and, and Pacquiao knocked him cold. I mean, that was painful for me to watch. Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, Ricky Hatton is a great guy, and um, uh, he, he's had difficulties adjusting to life outside of boxing. Um, you know, Pacquiao certainly has a more clear more clear career path, a more, more clear um, view of what his life could be like after boxing, and that he's a member of the Filipino Senate. Um, I Listen, I if if he were my son, I'd probably want him to retire. Mm. He's not my son. I'm a boxing fan, so I'd love to see him fight Lomachenko. <laughs> and then and, uh, the other big fight that we mentioned for Lomachenko that that boxing fans would just die to see is uh, is Mikey Garcia. Right. Um, Garcia breaking news on that. Absolutely, Garcia's uh, fight with uh, Sergey Lipinets, the uh, IBF junior welterweight champ, just got a. 
postponed? You think they're they're going to reschedule it or because this is where it gets tricky. I mean, uh, Garcia was ordered by the the WBC to fight uh, Linares next. Like he could take this fight with Lipinets, but then he had to fight Linares next uh, to hold on to his WBC lightweight championship belt. Now. With Garcia, I mean, I thought he looked really small against Broner at 140. I don't think 140 is a good weight for him. I mean, I know he's chasing money, and this apparently was the biggest money fight out there. Um, But, you know, what's going to happen with the WBC? Are are they going to let him reschedule this Lipinets fight? Um, You know, is the the Linares fight going to happen? The one, the one fight, though, I, I just don't think it is going to happen this year just because top rank, because there's so much bad blood between them and Mikey Garcia over the lawsuit and, and so on. I just think I don't think they really even though even if they think Lomachenko beats him, I don't think they're going to make it this year. And for those of you who don't know, Garcia started his career with top rank, did quite well with him, won three titles in, uh, th- in three weight divisions and then sat out for over two years over a contractual dispute because he uh, wanted to go to to the PBC and Al Heyman and he eventually did and um the, the the time off didn't hurt him in the least bit um I think that I can agree with you I think that'll be a difficult fight to make I think um I, I think it'll be tough Absolutely. politics politics unfortunately come into play especially now that you have three networks uh controlling the American <laughs> landscape not two it's getting more complicated yeah as far as fights at, at 130 for Lomachenko I mean I you know I don't see any of the PBC's featherweights moving up to fight him, even though they'd be interesting fights. Frampton, Santa Cruz, those guys, I don't see them coming I'd up. Not, I'd like to see a rematch with Russell, but Russell, Gary Russell never fights. Russell talks about it, but he's then a, he doesn't he's fight a, anyway. You know, he's yeah. like a younger version of Adonis Stevens, and he never fights. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Tank Davis, I'd love to see that one. I'd love to see that one. But Mayweather has basically said, no, he's not fighting Lomachenko. That's right. Um, they don't want to rush him. He's still in his... Even though he's low, been a world champion. 20s, yeah. <laughs> he's not a world champion anymore, though. Right, right. He got stripped. He got stripped. Um, yeah, Burchell, um, very talented, you know, talented fighter, good fighter. But I don't know. That, that one really doesn't move the needle for me, him and Lomachenko. It's a good fight, but not, you know, not a great fight. And, and Machado, who just well, won again, the— Again, you're going to have the, the politics, though. I mean, right. Lomachenko— you've got, you've got top rank. Top rank's going to want Lomachenko for ESPN. Right. HBO, I mean, we're not real sure. But I think it's probably safe to assume that they have some kind of— uh, Right of first refusal on his Burchell's next fight. Um, right, I think he's with Zanfer. I think he's with uh, Beltran. His last fight was on HBO. And, right, right. Um, and Zanfer actually worked very well with Top Rank, so that maybe that's a possibility. Because Beltran used to be the guy who brought all the Mexican fighters to Arrow. So, but now he's got his own promotional company. I, again, I, I, I'd be I, look knowing. Knowing what's in HBO contracts, his last fight was on HBO. I would imagine HBO has a right of first refusal sure. on his on his next fight. So, um, so that would, but yeah. Chelt is looking for, he's, I think he's already said he's going to fight his next fight in Mexico. So yeah, Lomachenko's not going to Mexico. Lomachenko's <laughs> not going to Mexico. And I think that he's looking at an April or May date. So right. he's probably not even realistic to think that two will fight, you know, in the first half of the year. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Linares is probably the, the most realistic um, besides Pacquiao, uh, maybe Linares at 135. I think that possibly could be made. But, uh, you know, hopefully Vasily Lomachenko gets in a, a big fight this year because he really needs, like, a, a big fight, not not just a good he fight. He's an really exciting fight. I mean, he's had, you know, it's really quite amazing the 
the number of guys who've just kind of quit on their stools. You want to see him in a him. super fight. You know, he's, yeah. he's beaten really good fighters. He well, needs I mean, a super the, the, fight. I mean, to me, it was a super fight on paper going into the fight. Absolutely. Uh, it certainly didn't turn out that way. Right, um, right. But he needs just a super fight not only on paper but also in, you know, that people want to go back and look at this fight again and again. And, Absolutely. And, and talk about it and, you know, some, some water cooler talk and – and not not in a bad way, like, hey, did you see that guy quit, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, moving down to the uh, featherweights, we mentioned them. Um, a lot of guys the PBC has. You've got Leo Santa Cruz, the, the WBA super champion. Um, they've worked with Frampton. I don't think he's with the PBC, but uh, that that's doable. You know, Gary Russell, WBC champion. Uh, Abner Morris, the WBA regular champion. I mean, I guess Santa Cruz and Morris might fight this year. But Lee Selby kind of had to go elsewhere, had to go outside the PBC because he wasn't getting work. Um, Oscar Valdez is on the, the top rank island, you know, with uh, nobody to fight because right. everyone else is PBC. Right. Um, and then you have uh, Jojo Diaz, um, Golden Boys fighter, who's worked his way to the mandatory for Russell. So Russell can't avoid him. Um but, you know, again, for, for my money, this is another division. It screams out for, for a tournament, like a World Boxing Super Series type thing. You've got all these very talented fighters who people enjoy watching who just aren't going to fight each other. And you could throw like. Rigondeau in that mix, too, at 126. But, uh, I, I, you know, I've heard some talk about the, the, the World Boxing Super Series going into that division. Right. I just don't see it. Um, it you know, it all depends. You know, they got to make, make nice with Al Hammond. You know, or steal fighters from them. <laughs> That's just kind of but, but, but I mean, how, how how many how many how many fighters in the featherweight division have really you can know, make million dollar paydays in Europe? <laughs> you know, where where, the, where this tournament seems to be based. So I mean, well, I think these guys would take it. I'm not so sure that the, that the organizers of the tournament would be so thrilled to I think to get invested and uh, you know. I think they've learned though that they're not going to get US TV with a bunch of European guys. I think you know they've said that you know they they want to get like you know not just American fighters but like Mexican fighters and fighters that the Latino market here wants to see so it's more palatable. Right. I you know well, to, I want to be careful I want to be careful how I say this but I don't think that they're going to get capture the imagination of the European market with a bunch of Latin 126-pounders. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way towards these fighters, but I think um, there's certainly um, a bias towards the higher weight classes in Europe. Mm. Uh, and um, and I think also um, boxing is a nationalistic sport, and, and you know they, they don't have – I mean there's some English fighters in those divisions, but – um, you know, not, not, yeah. not so many big name Russians and Eastern Europeans. Right, right. I mean, I mean, probably, I'm sure you can dig down into your ratings and find a couple, but. Um, if you got Frampton and Selby in there, though, I mean, they're, they're, you know, you might be able to sell those, it to those investors. guys can just do their own thing in England, also. I mean. They could, but it's not as interesting as them fighting the superstars in the, or not superstars, but the stars of that division. Right. So. I, I think we're headed towards a, a Santa Cruz uh, Abnomaris rematch. I think we're going to see. Um, you know, you've, you've, Russell and Diaz, hopefully, right? Yeah, we'll see that fight. Uh, you know, look in, in England, the fights get made. Um, Scott Quigg is is going to be in the mix. Um, yeah, against Valdez, right? I, I forgot about that one. That's that's a Quigg. I would consider a, a top ten featherweight, and uh, you know, Valdez is vulnerable. We saw that in his last, very exciting and, and vulnerable. So that's that's not a gimme. You know, Quigg could uh, come out of there with the belt. 
Sadly, Rigondeaux's probably going to get left out in the cold again. Yeah, Rigo, uh, his pro career has just been a disaster, unfortunately. He had, you know, when he beat uh, Donaire a few years ago, it, it seemed like the sky was the limit, and uh, it just, it, it, you know, wasn't even close. He never got off the ground. Um, other fights, uh, getting through the fights here. To me, at Bantamweight, I mean, I, I'm interested in uh, Inui. Uh, moving up and maybe uh, taking on the winner of the rematch between uh, Louis Neary and uh, Shinuki uh, Yamanaka. Um, Yamanaka was, you know, considered by many uh, pound for pound uh, favorite because he'd held that belt so long and Neary went over there and Neary was dominating him. But I don't know if you saw the fight, but um, his corner, I think they were just so shocked that Neary was smacking him around the ropes and had him hurt. I mean, they jumped in there. It was so premature. I mean, Yamanaka was probably buzzed, but he didn't even see he was throwing back and he was ducking. He didn't seem that hurt. And uh, I love Neri, action fighter, great fighter, but, you know, he dominated Yamanaka, but I don't know. Well, the, the rematch is set. The right? rematch is set, and, you know, I wouldn't count Yamanaka out in that, but I'd love to see the winner of that fight take on Anui. That's a fight that HBO could buy. That would We're be talking Bantamweight here, though, um, and you got to talk about it. Once again, England. Center of the boxing universe, you've got <laughs> – well, I guess it's not England because Ryan Burnett is uh, from Belfast yeah, right, to right, Northern yeah. Ireland. Northern Ireland, right. But uh, Zolani Tete of uh, – if I'm saying his name right, from South True. Africa had that thrilling 11-second knockout in his last fight. Which is not typical of him, right? He's more of kind of a lefty No, but it was boxer. amazing. And yeah, the, the, it was. Not, I suggest anybody uh, – What was that guy's last pull name? Pull up YouTube. Uh, uh, oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Uh, it was because um, we had the the it was a pun Ganya, on right? Because yeah. he was Ganya in, 13 seconds, <laughs> in eleven right? seconds. In eleven seconds. Right? Yes, but but Tete, um, I think just had a minor. In- I think just was yeah. just came out with a minor injury. But but the big fight is 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 Burnett and and Tete would be a, a huge fight there. I mean, well, actually, I mean, Anui is he's like one of the few guys who's willing to to face Anui. So that was kind of who is being talked about. Um, Tete, yeah. But I think he's under contract with Matchroom, so he is. But I mean, if they could sell that fight to networks, Look, they're going to make it. Love Especially to HBO. It. I mean, you know, Eddie seems to want to move here to you know move into the states. Well, and they love Anui. Yeah. So, that'd be yeah. a great fight. Put it put it in San Francisco. Or yeah, let's go. Tete Anui fights the winner near Yamanaka. I'm, I'm I'm all down for that. And then put Burnett in with the winner of that. You know. As but, HBO can move up from Superfly to Bantam. But Burnett is one of these guys who is just so popular that they uh, really have a chance to uh, make him almost like a sports franchise in Belfast. I mean, he's extremely mm. popular. And, uh, and you know, the, uh, Conor McGregor and, 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 and Frampton and, and, and Burnett, uh, you know, the, these guys are the, – Belfast is really emerging as a fighting city. And they, they can really uh, – there's going to be a lot of pressure, I think, on, on Burnett to, to, to keep his fights at home. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the money's going to be good there for him. Yeah, it's always a tough choice. You know, do you stay home, or uh, if the money's elsewhere, you know, do you risk it and, and take a, a tough and fight he's on really the road? Young too, so yeah, and he unified, right? I mean, he, he unified in, in HBO. You know, and in there, <laughs> like, where are you going with this fight? But they right. televised and it kind of right. threw a bunch of you know stuff on the wall at the end of the year and, and televised a bunch of fights. Um, for me, the, the 2018, um, kind of the last uh, uh, division I want to look at is, is Superfly. And, you know, shout out to uh, Tom Loeffler, our buddy, um, for, for conceiving of that and, 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 you know, giving attention to a weight division that very rarely shows right. up on US TV, other than, you know, certainly premium US TV. But, uh, yeah, Sarong Vasai and uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, that, that should be an excellent, excellent fight. That's uh, February 24th. 
And I don't. I mean, look, I, I agree. These, this is the first Superfly card was was fantastic. I, it was at Madison Square Garden. Rare. Well, that wasn't the Superfly card. Well, the, the I'm sorry. The uh, that was when Chocolatito, Chocolatito took and out, and uh, and Sorry, wrong side, side. Yeah, it set up the Superfly. Card, but yeah. but I mean, it, it, to, to have these in, in American on American TV was 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 a treat. Um, I'm disappointed that Inoue is kind of moving up. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of just as it's it, it kind of right? it kind of feels like he's got some unfinished business there that he's leaving True. behind. Um, True. But these these are all good fights. Um, Brian Valoria is back in the mix now, yeah. 2000 Olympian. Um, these are these are all good fights, and um, you know, with you, you and I have been saying for years, we wanted to see some of these guys on TV, and now just with the way it's shaken out and HBO needing to show some exciting fights. You know, you've 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 got a, a division full of good fighters and a, and a network willing to show it. So, there should should be some good fights. So, what's your pick? It's Rung Vasai or uh, Estrada in this one? That's a tough one. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Estrada, but I'm going to pick Estrada. I think So Rung Vasai kind of got Chocolatito at the right time. Um, and you know, and and Chocolatito the, the, just looked bloated and just like 115 was like a bridge too far he just looks small yeah i i I agree so i think i think estrada is going to be my pick and you know sorong vasai is a very rare exception i mean how many times i mean i I think that uh, you know you know the boxing trivia better than me but (laughs) that's only about the second or third time a thai champion has ever defended his title on american soil i think maybe the second i'm not even sure about that um Thai fighters just generally do very, very poorly in the United States. I mean, it's 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 a twelve or thirteen hour time difference. Right. Uh, you know, you put in that history, and 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 he's not fighting a gimme here or a cupcake. He's fighting, you know, a guy who was the world flyweight champion who's moving up to one fifteen and had success. I mean, it's you know, to me, that's a that's an uphill climb. Yeah, the way this fight plays out, it should be really interesting because obviously Sarong Vasai is a guy who starts very fast. I mean, but but fades a little bit. I mean, Chocolatito was kind of walking him down pretty well in, in their first in fight. The first fight, and Estrada is a guy who starts slow. You saw that against Quadras, where Quadras like dominated him the first couple rounds, and then but then once he gets you know, gets his range, gets a field, and, and starts timing a guy, then and he seems to take over. So I think it's easier to correct being a slow starter than it is being a poor finisher. Yeah. I think that's a, that's well, a little bit easier to, to adjust way, for. If, if Estrada can survive that 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 you know onslaught from Sarong Vasai early on, you know, you you, you got to think maybe he can pull it off. But but um, all right, so that's that that's it, kind of for the for the fights. I did want to get to some of the the business of boxing um, in 2018. Just some certain issues and questions I wanted to get to um, regarding the PBC. Um, this is the year that the model's supposed to flip, right? Um, this is the year that uh, you know you go from the time buys, which are down to just a handful, I think. Um, and a network's supposed to pay for this. Now, you know, in the press, we haven't even heard about the PBC negotiating with anybody. Right. All we've heard about is maybe they're going to team up with uh, Endeavor and Zufa Boxing and uh, do some sort of hybrid deal with uh, with Fox. Um, so that to, to me, that's really interesting. I mean, just the alliance of those two entities. I mean, you've got... You've got Dana White, like a, a promoter notorious for not paying fighters, right? For short, I mean, shorting fighters or, mm-hmm. or hiding the ball on fighters as far as gross revenues and so on. And then you try to do an alliance with a manager 
who is notorious for like overpaying and getting more money for his fighters than maybe what they deserve. That's a great way to look at it. It's very interesting. <laughs> How is this going to work? You know, um, I mean, they've talked, and you know, and I've heard you know little rumors that uh, you know maybe they were going to buy out Mayweather Promotions and and start from there because otherwise, I mean, if 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 Dana doesn't you know ally with somebody. He's going to start from scratch and he's going to find out just like, you know, the contender did and Rock Nation, you know, no matter how big you are, if you start out from scratch and overpay and this and that, you can just crash and burn in this sport. So how do you see it playing out? Well, you know, you start from the premise that they, they work together on the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight and. Which you know, both brought a big piece to the table. They both brought a big piece to the table, but, but they. they probably had a positive experience because they made so much money on absolutely it. so they probably feel like they can work together and you see you see their needs match up pretty well i mean uh the ufc was 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 essentially sold for what four billion dollars a couple of years ago and uh, you know has really suffered I, I i don't know what the viewership is but you know, in terms of marquee names, I mean, they've just w- lost one marquee name after another. You know, Ronda Rousey's was down, Ronda yeah. Rousey's done. Bones Jones is is done. I mean, they're they're just you know everything seems Lesnar's to Lesnar's done. Yeah, yeah everything it's seems like to, GSP came in, collected a title and some money, and now he's gone again. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, they have you know they got bills to pay. They've got bills. They've got to show some return. <laughs> they've got to show. They've got to show their. They've got to show their corporate masters some return on the investment, um, and so y- you would think boxing is is an area they could expand into, you know, relatively cheaply because you don't need f- you know four billion. You could no four, bear, billion, no four bear. billion. You could own boxing. Well, <laughs> but, but here's what's interesting too is that it you know and WME IMG or Endeavor whatever the hell they're called Zufa whatever entity you want to label it as um, they you know my you know. The scuttlebutt around the sport was that they made offers to a ton of promoters. They they went to Golden Boy, they went to Top Rank, they've gone to Al Heyman now. I mean, they 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 tried to buy you know their way into the sport by like buying up a, a promotional entity, and they offered um, you know fair amount of money. But you know, well, I think timing is everything. And as I was saying, that you know, it seem it seems like the PBC is is just about out of money. Right. Um, so certainly a, a cash infusion would be something they'd want. Uh, certainly uh, certainly UFC would, would be able to get them more TV dates. I mean, PBC seems to be doing well with the Showtime dates, but doesn't really, you know, they, they have more fighters than, they have more fighters under contract than they can satisfy just on Absolutely. Showtime alone. And they have like fighters in pretty much every every division that matters. They've got like top ten fighters, so they they have the biggest roster in the sport, no question. The about biggest it. roster, and even though they have a lot of TV dates that other promoters are jealous of, they don't really have enough TV dates. Not it's on a, Showtime. If all they got is Showtime, right? No, They're they, the only ones who can pay. Absolutely, and and so you know, UFC can bring Fox or bring someone else to the table. Um, you know, look the the the. Uh, so I I would not be surprised to see some kind of an accommodation reached, um, some kind of a deal. Um, you know, look to to me the interesting thing is though, 
UFC, look, there's Bellator and there's other promotions, but UFC, let's 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 be realistic. It's a, it's a monopoly. It's a, it's a monopoly. virtual monopoly. And you know, if you have a monopoly, it's easy to get the best fights done. Right. When 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 you have the fighters, all the fighters are under contract and they can't go anywhere else, and you tell them, you know, what they and you can tell them what logo is going to be on their on their on their ringwear, and and this is what they're going to get paid, and this is there's only one title to fight for. It's not going to be so easy when they come to boxing. Absolutely. Um, and you know we've we've been in the sport long enough. We've seen these guys come in, and everybody's you know it, it's it's the business version of Mike Tyson's quote. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. You know, well, every every everybody's got a business plan until until their star you know tries to bolt for another for another option. So right. Um, will it be easy? No, but I think the needs. Of both sides match up, that uh, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. You know, the interesting thing it wouldn't surprise me to see them reach some kind of a deal this year, um, where PBC and and UFC somehow somehow combine uh, their their efforts. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, remember a few years ago there was a rumor that uh, HBO was going to do a deal with the UFC, right. and you know the story I heard was that one of the major sticking points was that. UFC always likes to have their own Control. announcers. Yes, they yes. like to have their own announcers, and they and it drove them crazy that you know HBO with Larry Merchant at the time. If the fight stunk, he would tell you the fight stunk. <laughs> he wouldn't have his pom poms on. His That's UFC right. Pom-pom. And so um, you know, we'll we'll how will that work in boxing? Um, yeah, I mean, this it is really fascinating. I mean, one of the things I was thinking about. I remember um, it came out um, during one of the antitrust cases that. Uh, PBC had, I think their lawyer gave some deposition testimony where they had planned at this point to maybe turn it into a league, right? Right. Um, And once they flipped it into the league, like the NFL, the fighters were going to have to accept maybe less pay, right? Because, you know, if you you make it into a league, you know, their investors have to make money somehow, right? And all this overpaying that was going on was going to cease. You know, and the UFC already... In, in effect, acts as a league, right? They're somewhat, you know, they're monopoly. It's a league to me. I mean, they... Right, they have their own titles. And there was some talk of PBC having their own champions. Exactly, and exactly. Um, that would not be a welcome development, though. Another, you know, because no, it would just turn into another sanctioning body, essentially. Yeah, yeah, another, exactly. Another, another, it would, it, it, it has potential to turn into just another obstacle that would stop well, the best from fighting the best. Well, that's it. And and I don't like Dana's talk about, oh, I'll never deal with Bob Arum. Oh, Oscar's crazy. We don't need another jackass in this. The, I'll do respect to everybody in this sport. But <laughs> we don't need another guy in here who just like, won't work with someone else. Because that, that just messes up the sport so bad. Uh, really messes up the sport. Um, but again, like, like I said earlier, I, I, what I'd really love to see and very wishful thinking, but, you know, if 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 not the PBC hooking up with uh, with Dana White, but working something out with Schaefer, at least in a couple of different divisions, because uh, um, I mean we'll, we'll kind of get to this with with HBO, but I think um, it seems like HBO is kind of uh, the way they're playing it now. They're trying to like corner the market on top fighters in a couple of different divisions, like they're middleweight, obviously. You know they're they're trying to get as many pieces they've got together. Jacobs, sure. Yeah, which well, is... Jacobs they just put Saunders on the network. You know they've got Triple G and, and, and Alvarez. They signed Boo Boo Andre. You know it was kind of a random signing. Um, you know why not combine that with you know if you can bring the PBC back in the fold and and, and get Richard Schaefer to to bring his investors into it. I mean to me 
you know, as, as Don King used to say, working together works, yeah. man. I mean, and, let's and, do it. Look, I to to look, there there are tons of reasons why it won't happen, but let's try to be positive. It's a new year. <laughs> we're looking forward to good things. And, you know, look, Al Heyman, uh, people speculate about him a lot. One thing, one thing that uh, pretty much nobody can disagree on is Al Heyman has always gone to more efforts than anybody else to take care of his boxers. Absolutely. And I don't think there's any, there's any question about that. And, and so uh, if that opportunity to continue taking care of his boxers and, and retaining some degree of control of them presents itself in a deal with UFC, there's a chance he'll take it. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, Dana is so used to having complete control over all the fighters and just being able to discard them and do whatever he wants. And, you know, he's he's basically, you know, it's good to be king when, when, when you're in the UFC. But, you know, Al Heyman's the same way. Well, They're it, both it, two control freaks. It, it's been a few years, but uh, I... In my dealings as an attorney, I've I've had more contact with Al Heyman than than almost everybody in boxing. Uh, this, admittedly, this is a few years ago. It hasn't been for uh, four or five years. But I but I know Al pretty well, and I have to say, I have a really hard time picturing Al and Dana in a room together <laughs> doing business. They're just exact opposites. I mean, right. I you know, I don't know Dana White personally. Maybe he's different behind closed doors, but. You know, he comes off as a blowhard. Right. And, he never and, met and, a camera and, he didn't like. And Al Heyman's, you know, the exact the Wizard opposite. of Oz behind the curtain. You know, right. shuns, you know, fastidiously shuns publicity, but but also has no interest in, you know, has very little ego and no interest in, you know, some of these things that, that Dana White seems to be obsessed about. And um, so I, I really can't see those guys in a room together. So if you want to be pessimistic, I mean, that that's a reason <laughs> to be pessimistic. But but. Again, you know, usually money talks and, and people find a way to swallow their differences in boxing when there's money at stake. So Yeah, yeah. I think the fact that, that you know, I mean, I, 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 the one, I track a lot of lawsuits, but unfortunately what I haven't been tracking is the shareholder lawsuit um, against the, uh, the fund that uh, financed the, uh, the PBC. We'll come back and talk about that in another podcast. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Once if I get to speed back, on yeah. it. But uh, obviously, there is pressure on the PBC to, to to land some sort of deal at this point, or there that you know investment right. blew through nearly a billion dollars with nothing to show for it. So yeah, they, right. they need to come to some sort of deal. Um, one you know another thing I wanted to get to was just top rank in, in their deal. Uh, you know, going, with ESPN with the ESPN year two. Um, you know, looking back on 2017, it was, you know, an excellent year. Uh, you know, they, they put out a press release where they, you know, in prime time, they averaged close to 1.6 million viewers across their shows, which is, you know, you look at that against other major sports, that's pretty darn good. Just a great, great deal all the way around the top rank ESPN for fans, for top rank for ESPN. I mean, from ESPN's point of view, uh, they're losing boatloads of money, um, in you know having to let people go, I mean they they clearly overpaid for a lot of major sporting events, right? Um, and boxing, uh, you know for what for what they paid for some of these other sports, you can get a lot in boxing for a lot less money. They paid and, they paid less or they're paying less on the top rank deal, all in I think or at least per year than for one uh, Monday night football game. Right and and <laughs> and and they're getting Which costs tons, like they're, they're nine getting, figures. They're getting great fights. 
they got they got you know they got lucky in that Pacquiao Horn turned out to be a great fight and you know they had really good they 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 had a lot of really they good fights. Good karma, yeah. They had good karma, but but you know from from it's it's look it's a winner from ESPN's point of view because it's just hours and hours of exciting yet not so expensive programming. Right. Top ranks got a home. You know Bob Arum wants to do things his way. Doesn't you know got tired of dealing with HBO and now he's got. His, you know, his own little platform that he could run with. But for fans, it's been great, too. I mean, you know, not only did, did they have, you know, big fights on weekends and Saturday nights that you could look forward to, but they, they've shown fights from other countries at all sorts of hours in the morning. It's just, it's just you know, the kind of stuff when, when we were sitting around 20 years ago, we, we would have loved. It just didn't exist before the Internet. You get to see these, these fighters are no longer a mystery. You can, you can see these Australian welterweights. You can see these Japanese um, super flyweights and 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 ESPN's making that even more of a reality uh, and and it's it's just been it's been win 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 all the way around it's just it's just been tremendous and I don't see any reason why it won't continue. I mean, I I really hope so. Um, you know, uh, lo- looking at the the schedule coming up, though, I'm I'm a little you know disappointed with, with year two i mean the the, the ramirez ahmed fight yeah, to kick it off <laughs> kind of that's that that's a clunker i mean yeah i you know ray beltran i love ray beltran he's like a pro's pro um i'm hoping that the paulus moses fight it looks like it's going to be a good rock'em sock'em robots type fight for the uh wbo uh lightweight title i think the vacant vacant title um that's february 16th that's a second fight um, and then they got, you know, Valdez Quig, which... Uh, that's a great fight. That's definitely a great fight. So the second and third fights are, are damn good. Um, Conlon on St. Paddy's Day, I mean, the event will probably be better than the fight. I mean, I doubt that they're going to put him in over his head at this point. I mean, he, they're building him for something big I'll, later I'll on. I'll just <laughs> be kind and say I'm not sold on Michael Conlon. <laughs> I'm uh, a professional. Absolutely. And, and I think... Um, you know, beyond March, they don't really have anything scheduled, but they have a date um, set for April 28th. And I think they, they've got that penciled in for Horn Crawford, which to me would be, you know, I like that fight. I mean, Jeff Horn, you know, I mean, first of all, Crawford, when he moved up to 140, I remember in that, in that fight, he was very tentative for the first couple of rounds, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, he hadn't fought at 140, uh, eventually turned it on and, and scored a knockout. Horn is, is, is a big welterweight. He's strong. You know, I mean, we'll see if Crawford's punch carries to 47. Um, you know, if Horn can take his power, that's going to be a really interesting fight. It'll be better than what a lot of people think is going to be. Look, any time a guy moves up in weight, if his first fight is for a championship, this is the, the opposite side of the coin that I was getting on for Jamel Charlo. Right. I mean, if, 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 if Crawford is moving up, to, he is moving up to 147. If he fights a champion, um, you know, Horn is probably the the weakest link among the 147 pound champions. So what? It's it's his first fight. I mean, it, that's more than a fair enough test for him. I mean, I, that I, I would not be. Look, you never know how a fight's going to turn out, but but going in, that's that's a fight I'd be excited to see, and I, I think that would be you know quality programming by ESPN and, and top rank. It's that that would be an interesting fight. Now, what's interesting too is uh, you know the one the the superstar fight we were talking about, Pac. Loma, I mean, those are top-ranked guys. I doubt, though, that ESPN would put that on just over the air. That would have to be a pay-per-view fight. That would have fight. to be a pay-per-view fight. Yeah. The, the one thing that hasn't come to fruition when they initially made this deal, they said that they were going to treat boxing like they treat other sports on ESPN. You'd get, like, a weekly show. You know, you'd get highlights, that kind of thing. 
I'm kind of waiting for those things to happen. I really hope it, it does happen because when, once they get that role on ESPN, I think that's huge for the sport. Um, you know what? I'm still grateful just for the fact that ESPN dove back in and really picked up some and of this. And it's been a success. It's been a success, and they really picked up the slack for HBO. I mean, And, and you know what, though, too? Uh, I said this on, on the previous podcast, but you know what? You know, you could throw all the eggs you want at Al Heyman and the PBC, but had they not, like, you know, stuck their necks out and, and done the time buys – you know, there wouldn't be a top ranked deal because you wouldn't have the data. You wouldn't have network executives having something to work with. Like, wow, if you put good fights on, yes. people watch this stuff and they watch it more than a normal like Major League Baseball game. They certainly watch it more than the MLS, which they shelled out for. Right. You know, that's a great point. That's you a know? great point. Um, so, you know, props to the PBC. But one one last aspect to the top ranked deal is there's not a lot of details out there about how it actually works. And I've talked to some people who were speculating about it. And uh, the one thing they said is like, OK, you know, fine. You know, you know, we don't think that ESPN, you know, paid them, a, did a deal with them like Fox did, where Fox just said, we're going to give you one hundred and fifteen million dollars UFC and, you know, play with that. They said, you know, they're kind of buying the fights as they go. And in essence, they're just telling Top Rank, you have this time, um, but, you know, you don't have to pay for it. And we'll, we'll pay a licensing fee for the fights. But there's not like a lump sum deal. And, and, and what goes on with advertising and, and people who are advertising, uh, how much advertising they can get plays into the deal quite a bit, apparently. Um, you know, you have to hit a certain rating or, or you're giving money back to advertisers, what have you. Um, and I'll say that the people who were talking to me were kind of aligned with the PBC. So they were a bit naysayers, but they're like, look, you know, the advertising, you know, it's not any different than, you know, ESPN Friday Night Fights. You know, you, you've got the, you know, beer, you know, you, you don't see the canvas all strewn, you know, for the, you know, for the ratings that they're getting. And the PBC ran into this, too. It just it's for whatever reason, it's really hard to, to get advertisers to invest in the sport of boxing. So we'll see how that plays out with uh with top rank yeah and i think uh look i mean P- pbc was essentially you know I, I don't know how much you cover this in, in previous podcasts pbc and a lot of channel on a lot of networks was was buying the time i mean the, the oh tip, yeah on every the, network no but just just for the listeners that the, the typical traditional uh deal is that the network pays a licensing fee to the promoter for to to put on to put the show on the air um, and PBC came along a couple of years ago and kind of flipped the script and tried to try to acquire a, a monopoly to the TV rights um, by by doing time buys by actually reversing the cash flow by paying the networks um, to to for the programming and then they would go out and sell the advertising and hopefully make that back which apparently they didn't or they didn't right um, so just for for top rank to you know so for the past couple of years. Networks have been getting paid to show boxing, right? So to so to to go ahead and reverse and they hadn't that. Hadn't shown it in so long either. It's like you know the. It used to be when we watched it back in the eighties and seventies. You know, you had Budweiser, you had car commercials. You know, sure. I mean, you had like and and those were the 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 uh, you know the big businesses that traditionally invested in commercial time in, in sports and boxing was kind of treated like a mainstream sport you saw it on saturday afternoons you occasionally saw the big fights in prime time there wasn't hbo there wasn't pay-per-view you know the biggest fights happened on the networks and you know just like every other sport right well, you know, there's, there's, the best look, athletes competed on free tv there, there's a lot more competition and i mean those are that's a bygone year. I mean, there are Absolutely. a lot more networks, a lot more, com- a lot more competition oh. for advertising dollars exponentially. Um, yeah. And I think um, 
a lot of advertisers are being very careful about um, not wanting to be associated with politically incorrect events or, uh, <laughs> you know, politically incorrect athletes, which, you know, boxing has no shortage of. Sure. Um, but uh, in spite of all that, I think Top Rank gets a lot of credit because, you know, when PBC came out, everybody, all the all the doubters were saying, well, they're, they're going to buy up this time now. So how are they going to come after the deal is up? How are they going to come and reverse it? Right. And we're still top, trying to top, answer that top, question. But Top Rank is, <laughs> has, it seems like it's on their way to doing that. I mean, so. Right. Um, they're actually we, helping the PBC we, we, out by succeeding. We right? don't we don't know all the details, but the fact that. Um, you know that they've they've got ESPN back into buying mode is a good thing. Um, it's a good thing all the way around. Absolutely. So last 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 topic here. Um, uh, HBO. Let's go to the HBO side of the coin. Um, they've lost Top Rank and the PBC, which without question are the two biggest franchises. If you want to break boxing down into you know franchises, like it's a team sport. You know, they, they, they've lost the New York Yankees and they've lost you know, well, the L.A. Like, Dodgers. I don't like the Yankees, but I'm not a Yankee <laughs> fan, but they, I, I, I get the analogy. Right, right. They've lost the two biggest franchises, top rank and PBC. And uh, like I said before, they, it seems like they're cornering the market on a few weight divisions. They're investing heavy in the middleweights um, they, they look, and the light heavyweights. They, they've got Golden Boy. They've got main events. But the problem is – They've that, got Tom Loeffler. Yeah, the, it looks the, like they're trying to lure Eddie Hearn, which is a good move. Right. The, the, the problem is – at the moment, Golden Boy and, and Main Events don't have a roster full of champions. They've right. got some interesting fighters. And, you know, Main Events has Kovalev and, and Golden Boy has Alvarez, um, but not— And Loeffler has GGG, and they do a lot of business with Loeffler, yeah. Yeah, but not—they uh, don't really have enough boxers to sustain, you well, know, that's it. two or three quality shows a month like boxing fans got, you know, became accustomed to. Right. Um yeah, and to me, I mean, Superfly, as much as I liked it, I don't know that, you know, that division is not deep enough to go beyond this upcoming show as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they've made the best fight at this point. At, I mean, I don't think Chocolatito's coming back. So right, It's really hard to keep – I mean, as, as great as some of these fighters in the weight class may be, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to keep going to Japan or Thailand and pulling out – Right. 115 pounders, you know, with strange sounding names who American viewers are not going to be. Right. Right. That's not a winning strategy. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, <laughs> they kind of caught lightning in a bottle here, but, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult. I mean, to, to me, look, HBO um, has to has to try to tap into the the some of this English market. Uh, they have to try to come up with some alliance with the with the World Boxing Super Series. That's um, what I would like to uh, see. You know, it, well, but you know, also they're they're going to make a huge pitch for Anthony Joshua when uh, when his uh, options run out with Showtime. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's the play. Did, and how did they even let that happen in the first place? I mean, it, you know, I agree. It, it used to be unthinkable that the, the heavyweight champion of the world would would not be on HBO. I, I hadn't been to a press conference in a while. You know, maybe a couple years ago, as Joshua was on his way up. And I, I sat at a table with like Tim Smith of the PBC, and I think there was someone there from from Showtime or, or, or whatever. And uh, and I was just like I said, you know, the biggest question in boxing is I said, who's going to get Anthony Joshua? I'm like, Tim, is the PBC going to make a run at him? I said HBO, Showtime. And I said, you know, the guy is clearly going to be <laughs> he's the next heavyweight superstar. I mean, the, you know, the first one to get in on him is going to have a huge advantage. And eventually, you know, Showtime took the chance. They they took the Martin fight, which wasn't a great fight, obviously, but he looked amazing in it. And uh, and uh, you know, we'll see. You know, obviously, Peter Nelson, you know, by you know. Love you, Danny Jacobs, and, and you're a hell of a fighter. 
but obviously, you know, doing the deal with Hearn and 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 and, and Jacobs, HBO is looking to like buddy up with Eddie Hearn and try and bring him in and and definitely get Joshua uh, down the road because if they don't, if they don't, I mean, they lost Klitschko, they lost Andre Ward, they lost um, Cotto, right? Who they they had, I'm sure, a, a ton of dates penciled in for in, in the coming year. Um, and, you know, without the PBC and top ring, I mean, they got to do something. And uh, like you said, I mean, I think, hey, you know, Richard Schaefer's like, pick me, pick me. Right. right. You know I mean, they right. need American television so bad. It just it makes more than sense for, right. for, for Peter I mean, Nelson look, to reach the, out. The, there, there are some issues. I mean, I mean, again, it's not so attractive for them to show these fights that are in Europe. I mean, the, the time zone difference does... does but they did, does, like, Bivol and that Australian kid. They went all the way to Monaco and, and, and televised it. Listen, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. It's <laughs> and a, they it's, said it's, a, it's a no-brainer. Um, it, it's a no-brainer. And they, can mix, and they can mix Americans in there. You know, look, yeah. if they're going to do, do a light heavyweight tournament, you can get Joe Smith in here and have an event at, at either the Nassau Coliseum or the Barclays Center or, or something. I mean... Man, you, that, to me, Joe Smith. Ah. What? Such a missed opportunity. I mean, Shawnee Monahan and Joe Smith could have like sold and how that, was that not place. Not the first main event, exactly. Could have sold that place out. And you know, all due respect to them, they're limited guys, right? They had a great fight in the Golden Gloves a few years ago, so there, there's history, right? But no, both guys somehow decide, hey, we're going to take on some other top ten guys. So Marcus right. Brown completely annihilates Shawnee Monahan. And uh, Joe Smith gets his job broken by uh, Sullivan Barrera and, and, and dominated. And now, you know, that fight, you know, who would pay to see it now? Well, yeah. I think their friends would pay to see it. They're still – that fight's not – But if that, they had fought in that time, that fight the winner be, gets a title shot. That fight can be re- rehabilitated into an – and it would be an entertaining fight. It was clearly a missed opportunity, Oof. a huge missed opportunity. Um, you know, the, the danger in – as Bob Allen would say, letting the fight marinate. That's a the danger in letting these fights marinate, you know? Yeah, that one like, uh, got a little too soggy. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Scott. No, I mean, but but uh, look, b- before we wrap it up, I mean, it, it, to me, you know, it's been so long since HBO – HBO was dominant for, for generations in boxing. And just to see how badly they slipped and to see – you know, it used to mean something to say, well, this guy's an HP, he's on he's HBO, an HBO, he's an HBO fighter. Yeah. fighter. And now you're, you're getting, I mean, I, again, I'm not looking to insult guys who, you know, put it on the line for the entertainment of the fans, but some of these fights are, are basically club fighters that have been on HBO this yeah. year. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's shocking that it could come to this point because HBO, they have money. And when you have money, you should be able to get good Absolutely. fights. Absolutely, they, they they have like the best. Uh, I mean, at least the most practiced announcing team. You know, Jim Lampley is gold. I love Jim Lampley. Max yeah, Kellerman I love is Max amazing. Max Kellerman too. And, I'm a fan. Either Roy or Andre, they're they're both great. And the production values are amazing. I mean, it and, and but they have no fighters. You know, I mean, once once Al and 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 took Mayweather to Showtime and and uh, who was it? Who was HBO's uh, former Showtime guy? Nelson's predecessor. Uh, I'm sorry. At HBO, the head of HBO boxing before Peter Nelson. Kerry Davis? No, not Kerry. Kerry, the guy who used to be head of Showtime, then he came in. We we both whiffed on this one. But once they let Al go, once they made Al an enemy, um, you know, I I think it's been kind of a downward slide since then. And now the top rank is abandoned ship. I mean, 
You know, hey, Peter, you got your work cut out for you, buddy. Um, you know, we're rooting for you, but, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're really going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat as far as I'm concerned. And, and maybe that rabbit's name is Richard Schaefer, just saying. But uh, anyway, always a pleasure to talk to you, Scott. Ken Hirschman. That's Ken Hirschman. <laughs> thank you very much. Sorry, Ken Hirschman. You're gone but not forgotten. Uh, just a little hazy on your name. But, uh, yeah, man, great great seeing you. Great, uh, great talking to you. And, uh, you know, let's do it again sometime. Thanks for having me. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, just uh, you can look me up on uh, BoxingLaw.com. Um, there's a bio and an email address to hit me up at there. So thank you very much for having me, Kurt. And hopefully uh, 2018 will be an exciting year in boxing. We'll have some more fights to talk about next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that will do it for another Boxing Esquire podcast. Really want to thank Scott Schaefer for stopping by um, and uh, talking 2018 with me. If you want to listen to this podcast, there's many options. SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher, um, and if you wouldn't mind leaving me uh, some comments, uh, some ratings, uh, that helps me out quite a bit. In any case, we'll uh, see you next time and uh, enjoy the fights.